I, along with many others, have been warning that the ongoing riots were likely going to corrupt the criminal trial of Derek Chauvin. The defense attorney for Chauvin begged the judge to sequester the jury. The judge said no. Now, I am very impressed with this judge to now hear him say that Maxine Waters' threats against the jury may be caused to overturn the entire election. Uh, Look, man, I thought Judge Cahill was a fairly reasonable guy. I thought he was being fair, not just giving the defense what they wanted, but, you know, going back and forth. And I thought it made sense. But this has to be one of the stupidest things and one of the biggest blunders in judicial history, because we know the severity of the riots. We know it affected the entire country. And the, the, the defense kept saying, you need to sequester the jury. And the judge is like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. And then Maxine Waters comes out and she goes, if we don't get a first degree murder conviction, which as you know, Sheldon wasn't charged with, then we got to get more, more active and get in the streets and get more confrontational, more confrontational than burning down an Apple store, or a police station. And, uh, you know what we saw last year. And the judge now has the nerve to be like, you know what? Maybe on appeal, the entire trial will be overturned now. It's almost like it was on purpose. So we're going to talk about this. We've got a bunch of stories surrounding what's going on with Maxine Waters' statements, how it's affecting politics. But we've got a bunch of non-political stuff. We got, I want to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier because I've been watching that show and everyone thinks it's getting woke and I think it's getting anti-woke, but we'll see what happens. So hanging out today, I guess just two members of the DC Riot Squad. Which one? You, you, you fight over it. Who goes first? Mr. Richie McGinnis. Oh, why, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> you got to talk into the microphone, Richie. Uh, Richie McGinnis. Uh, yep. The DC Riot Squad slash Daily Caller <laughs> Video Squad. At Richie McGinnis and uh, at Daily Caller. With my boy Jorge. Jorge over here. <laughs> yeah, you know, field correspondent, uh, Daily Caller. And uh, yeah, you know, I guess we uh, originated with the, you know, DC Riot Squad. So glad to be back and, you know, for uh, an exciting week. Both of you guys were on the ground during the riots. Yep. That's true. I Multiple mean, truth. both you guys have been on the ground for basically every single ride of the past year. I, well, not literally everyone because there's like multiple cities at the same time, but most of the big consequential ones, like notably Kenosha. And so what's important here, and I think it's going to be great because not only were you guys in Minnesota, you, you guys were in Minnesota. Right? Just now, yeah. Yep. Not only right. is that relevant for all the news, but there was uh, some legal analysts speculating that the riots are going to have a ramification on the Kyle Rittenhouse trial mm-hmm. because they're telling the jury do what we want or we burn this place down. And so, you know, one legal analyst said, what do you think is going to happen when it comes to the jury in the Rittenhouse trial? They know what they're going to be there for. They're going to be like, no way, dude, am I getting involved in this? So we're going to talk all about that. We also got Ian. He's chilling. Ian Crossland at Ian Crossland. Richard, Jorge. Oh, good, good to see you, brother. <laughs> How do you feel so, about being? How do you feel about being called Richard? Is that your, is that your given name? Well, that's my what my mom calls me when I'm in trouble. So <laughs> I, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> when you're in trouble, we're going. Yeah, how old are you? you? Yeah, she still says it. Oh, <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> like when I go to Minneapolis, and I'm like, I'm in Minneapolis, mom. Sorry, mom. There's a bunch of gunshots going <laughs> yeah. off, Richard. I I told her day of when I went to Kenosha. Dude. Hey, by the way, I'm in Wisconsin, and she said. All caps, don't be a hero. Did she ask you to get like a big life insurance policy because you're taking no for real? Like, war conflict reporters usually get big life insurance policies because, like, mm. dude, come on, like, they're shooting each other out there. Do you ever go just straight up rich? Only or uh, dick? I'm, I'm only hoping I'm hoping to be rich in name. Uh, <laughs> and in I like where your head's at because of Dogecoin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're not gonna go there. <laughs> don't get him started. Don't please. get me started. Don't get Tomorrow's started. the day of Doge. All right, all right, we got Lydia. She's pressing all the buttons. I am in the corner. I am the least interesting person on this podcast tonight. It's gonna be a great night. I'm looking no, forward to hearing what's going on in Minneapolis. Thanks, guys. Everybody, before we get started, go to timcast.com yes. and become a member. And guess what? We put up the first episode of the blog after like eight months of talking about it. 
And, you know, we just, we're just going to start it off. We're going to figure it out as we go, but we have to just start doing it. Otherwise, it never gets done. So we got this episode up. We got this pro bike guy, Mike Feedy. He did a grind on the grind bottle. It was fantastic. Go to TimCast.com. You'll see all the stuff. But become a member because we have this massive library of members-only exclusive content. And tonight, after this show, there will be an exclusive members-only segment again for all of you who, who sign up. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. And I also want to announce real quick, I believe today, maybe tomorrow, will be the last day you can get your tinfoil gorilla t-shirt. I let it go a little bit longer because people were mentioning that payday comes you know, like once every other week for a lot of people and they have a chance to get paid and they want to buy the shirt. So you'll notice if you go to TimCast.com, click store, there is an I'm a gorilla shirt. He's wearing a tinfoil hat. We'll keep that up for maybe another day or so. But again, a lot of people have mentioned, like, you know, bi-weekly, like, you know, every, like a paycheck every other week. So we might keep it up at least for a few more days. But it's going to be going away very soon because it was meant to just be a limited edition thing. It's already been up for a long time. So uh, that there you go. Again, like whatever. Oh, and if you're listening on iTunes and Spotify, leave us a good review because give us five stars because it helps us out. All right. OK, let's get to the news. <laughs> we got the story from DailyMail.co.uk. Maxine Waters may have handed defense grounds for appeal and the turning over of this trial, Derek Chauvin trial judge blasts abhorrent Democrat for calling for riots if no conviction. They say Derek Chauvin's defense attorney, Eric Nelson, called for a mistrial after the jury retired on Monday. He cited Rep. Maxine Waters' comments on the case as he argued that there was no way the jury could be unbiased given constant media coverage. He's right. Now that we have U.S. representatives threatening acts of violence and retaliation to this trial, it's frankly mind-blowing, Nelson said. Judge Peter Cahill replied, I grant you, Congresswoman Waters may have handed you grounds for appeal and the turning over of this trial. But Cahill refused to grant a mistrial and adjourned the court until the jury comes back with a verdict. It wasn't just that. The defense argued prosecutorial misconduct because in rebuttal, the prosecution said that I guess they were like making up they were telling stories and it was nonsense and repeatedly kept saying that it was essentially fabrication of facts, which you're not allowed to do. In court, the prosecution is supposed to say that, you know, our expert testified to this and we hold this to be correct. You can't say the other person's making making up crap and they're lying and telling stories. And so when the defense said, you know, objection, the judge said overruled, don't say stories again. But, you know, he's allowed to say stories. Then when the prosecution kept berating the defense and insulting them, the judge finally stepped down. was like, OK, you got to stop doing that. This is what bugs me. We just saw how, how long were the riots going on this, so far in Minneapolis? You guys. Well, they've been uh, since the, well, the recent ones since last Sunday, the mm-hmm. death of Dante Wright. So, about, so about, about eight days yeah. a week. Nelson immediately, the defense for, for Chauvin, asked the judge to sequester the jury. And he said, so they don't watch the mm-hmm. news. They don't see what's going on. And the judge said, well, I'll instruct the jury not to watch the news. And the defense argued, everyone knows about what's going on. Everyone's talking about it. And he, he, he was saying that even TV shows fictional TV shows on Thursday night, NBC or whatever, are referencing the trial and making statements about what they want to occur. And so he's like, you need to sequester them. The judge initially said no. Then after the riots started with Dante Wright, then he was like, judge, I'd like to ask you again to sequester the jury. And the judge is like, I don't think we need to do that. And now the judge is like, well, the jury, the trial may be completely overturned. That's incompetent. What does that mean overturned? Is that a mistrial? So it means there, there'll be a verdict. Then the defense is, if, let, let's say the, the jurors come back and say guilty on all counts. I mean, let's say the jury comes back and says acquitted on all counts, but manslaughter. Mm. No matter what happens now, the defense can file an appeal to a higher court saying, Rep. Maxine Waters 
Democrat came from California, came to our state and said, unless we get a conviction for premeditated murder, which they didn't charge Chauvin with, we're going to get more confrontational. They've already been rioting. What does more confrontational mean? Yamish, is that her name? Yamiche Elsendor? Yeah, Yamiche Elsendor said the the right is claiming that Maxine Waters called for violence because she said, get more active and more confrontational. That's not a call for violence. And I'm like, confrontational, what does that mean? Like confronting somebody? If you're already burning down their buildings and throwing bricks at cops, what is more confrontational than that? Now the judge is admitting, yep, there it is. The jury, the jury, of course, knows they've been threatened and they're going to burn the city down no matter what. Because I, she said first degree murder and they don't have that. Yeah, they don't. And, and, and I thought at minimum they would at least sequester her before the, the weekend started. They didn't, yep. even, they didn't even do that. And that's obviously when, when Maxine Waters uh, came in. I mean, I think just being on the ground, um, one of our reporters, Lisa Benetton, that she did a great video where she asked folks, hey, you know, what happens if you don't get, you know, if you guys don't get murdered? And people literally say, and th- that are mm-hmm. from Brooklyn, so they said, we're burning it down. We're burning it down. Everybody. And, and they don't need, um, I would say, a, you know, with Maxine Waters' comments, it's like, just, you're just giving these people more power to just say, hey, if we do this, we're good to go. And I think a lot of those folks are going to point to last summer and say, hey, if we go out and, you know, do our thing, it's okay because Kamala Harris was there to bail us out just like last year. Yep. And I think that's something that we uh, have to keep on back of our mind. I think all the cops should resign. I think every single cop in, in the Minneapolis area should just resign right now. Just get out of there. Just leave. Oh, that's tough. They I, voted for it. That uh, They did. Um, and I know right now, the, the the big difference right now is compared to last year is, um, you know, being on the ground is, I guess, Minnesota with the law enforcement, they didn't have a, a communication system between, you know, the Minnesota State Troopers, National Guard, and then local police. So coming this, this year around, being on the ground reporting, we learned that now Minnesota has created a program called Operation Safety Net. So now we have the National Guard. Uh, local police and state troopers now working all basically now hand in hand to control these groups. I will say this: I think you know, Richard, you know, mm-hmm. being on the ground again in Brooklyn Center, they did a great job of protecting the police department. You know, they they put the barricades, they had the law enforcement there. But one thing that we we, we have to remember, and I try to tell these folks all the time, is when you have so much law enforcement, you know, concentrated on just one area, it leaves the rest of the yeah, city exactly. stretched thin. I mean, just and and I, I said this last, uh, this was reported yesterday, but numbers might even be higher. But since last Sunday of Dante Wright's death. The police department in Brooklyn Center, which is a little small town area, they have already received over 200 calls of either businesses damaged, mm-hmm. looted, or burglaries. And that's one thing that we had to remember is when you have so much protection at the police center, the rest of the, the that, city. That whole shopping there. mall is literally right next to the police station. Like th- that whole shopping mall that was looted on the first couple of nights, mm-hmm. it's like a hundred yards from right. the this, whole this, police station. This is why I'm saying the cops should resign. Or, or at the very least, you know, we, we had, uh, uh, I think it was Tom Rogan, he mentioned, yeah. they should give notice that in 30 days they'll all resign. That'd Something be interesting. Like that. I've been speaking to some inside sources inside the uh, Portland PD from last summer. And when I was speaking to a police officer, she said the morale is, is low. She says we have people transferring, you know, you know, just literally don't say. Retire, huh. re- yeah, retire, retiring early. And, I mean, I, I would expect that we see the same thing here. And I know that um, we were speaking about this before the show, Tim, but the Minnesota uh, Senate just approved – Nine million dollars to get yeah, out of state law enforcement to to help out, you know, with this upcoming week. So, you know, pray for these wow, guys dude. because, yeah, they they take a lot of beating Look, when they're out there. There are low. I, I I've heard from a lot of people in the comments. They're like, Tim, these cops who are staying are doing it because they know there are good people who need to be protected. You know, the way I described it was: your house is on fire. We repeatedly tried. We, we tried fighting the fire last year, but a bunch of people in the house voted for the arsonists. Kamala Harris was bailing these people out soliciting funds. Joe Biden, whose staff is funding the bailouts. And I'm like, so at that point, it made sense to be like, stay in fight, 
figuratively have, you know, show people what this means and then vote for somebody who will defend you. And they went Democrat. They voted for the people who are, who are defending the rioters, not the cops. So now you've got a problem. Now your house is burning down and the people you think you're helping are screaming at you to get out while the house burns down around them. So I understand the analogy where it's like, we got to help the people here who are good. And I'm like, I get that. But at a certain point, don't you say like the people, like imagine a firefighter goes mm. in a burning house and he's like, I'm going to get you out of here, ma'am. And then she like just grabs on and squeezes a flaming beam as tight as she can. It's like, no, I'm staying. The firefighter's got to get out before he gets, you know, engulfed in the flames. I, I'm, look, the people who are there who are good people, what are they doing to defend these cops? Do we see press conferences held by community leaders and activists and neighborhood watches saying we support our cops and we need them here to protect us? No. But what do we see? We see endless riots in support of shutting down and abolishing the police. So so at a certain point, the police need to send a message. If you're not getting the support, nobody wants you there. They voted for the people who hate you. Then you need to say, okay, then I'll pass it off to you and then see what happens. Um, you know, the metaphor I'm thinking of is that 10 guilty people go free before one innocent person suffers. And I think that these people that aren't speaking up are the innocent bystanders that I don't want them to suffer. That's a, that's, that's a different analogy. Are, it doesn't I, work. I'm not sure if you guys seen the news, too, is one of the city council members from Brooklyn Center came out and said, hey, you know, I get the emotions of heart, but we should wait for due process. Got fired. So and, that was the city manager. Yep. And then a councilwoman for Brooklyn Center admitted she voted to have him fired because she was scared they would come after her. All right. Personal responsibility takes precedent at a certain point. If you would fire a city manager who called for due process because, you know, this cop shot this guy and then publicly say, I'm scared they'll attack me. Okay, you need to either stand up for what you believe in or don't come to me for help when you when you vote to support these lunatics. Look, what, look, look, at a certain point, you got to throw water on the fire, too. But what I think it is, Tim, from from being on the ground, because, and I think Richie could attest to this, is we spoke to a lot of residents who mm-hmm. don't support obviously the constant clashes in their neighborhood, the, the destruction. The only thing is they're, they're actually afraid just to even go on camera with us yeah. in an interview because they feel like, exactly. hey, if I go on camera with you, they'll literally well, destroy my stuff yep. tomorrow. Well, if your so house- I, I think there is a lot of community people that do want to stand up. They want to speak out. I think they're just super afraid of the retaliation exactly. because if they feel like the media, the culture, everyone is, is against them. Since Trump, since Trump left, I mean, very much like during you know the last year, a lot of the riots have been like us versus the federal government a la Donald Trump. No Trump, no KKK, no racist USA. But now that Biden's president, it's the system itself. And so mm-hmm. you're right. Like the, the protesters on the ground, I think the ideology has shifted even even further left because basically now it's like, okay, now you really adopt our plan or else you're a fascist as well. So Biden's a fascist if, if you know he doesn't adopt abolish the police. Effectively. Look, look I, I get messages from people all the time where they're like, I got my family out of Minnesota last week or I'm moving next month or I'm trying to move out now. I get messages from people who say I moved out six months ago. I, I got, I've got message, messages from people where they were like, man, Tim, I'm glad you, you said to get out of the city because I got up before the, the latest riot started and I lived real close. So listen, I, I hear what you're saying about people scared to go on camera. The founding fathers, many of them who signed the Declaration of Independence, were killed, had their homes burned down, their families were killed. They risked everything mm-hmm. to stand up for what they believed in. At a certain point, you don't get to be a pampered, golden age American who can sit in your home and just kick your feet back and say, I'll keep my head down and be fine. Mm-hmm. Because they are, it is expanding. It is getting worse. And there are a lot of pundits saying they think the riots after the Chauvin trial are going to be worse than we saw last year. It's one thing to see the anger over the death of George Floyd. It's another thing to see the state say he didn't do anything wrong, depending on what the result may be. So Maxine Waters wants a charge that didn't actually happen. First degree murder, premeditation. 
So based on her own logic, riots are coming. If at this point the people are unwilling to stand up and defend themselves, okay, well, do you expect the like the the, the people who are who are who are speaking up, not even from your area, who are speaking out and risking their careers, who are getting canceled, losing their jobs for defending, you know, the the, the what's what's true and what's correct? You expect them to come to your aid when you won't do it yourself? There's that famous line about a leader who says, I would never instruct one of my men to do something I wouldn't do myself or one of my, you know, mm-hmm. uh, men or women. Yet here you have people who won't stand up for themselves asking you to do it for them. And so there are cops who are like, I will. I'm like, nah, at a certain point, if you're a cop and they're all turning their back on you, refusing to stand up and even say the words, I support you then you don't have support from them. No matter what they think, no matter what they're telling people, they're lying. Somebody who truly supported you would stand up, hold a press conference. We support the police and we reject this. They won't do it. Why? Because they're scared of the extremists and they aren't willing to fight back in a figurative sense, in any capacity. So at a certain point, the cops got to be like, then you're on your own. Because what happens? Kim Potter, a 26-year veteran. There's a guy wanted for aggravated robbery, Dante Wright. He's resisting arrest. He's wanted on a gun charge, so they know he's likely armed. I believe he had a 45 Ruger. Jumps into his car, and she doesn't know what he's, what's going on, and she draws her weapon. Presumably, the story is she thought it was her taser. She shoots him. This is a tragedy, but when you have a guy wanted for an, an aggravated robber, that's like robbing someone with a deadly weapon, and then he jumps in his car, you're like, okay, he's, he's resisted, and he may, he's act, it's active aggression. Should she then defend herself or defend others? Well, she said she made a mistake. For that, the prosecutor comes out. What did, he came out during the riots, I guess, and said, we are going to do everything in our power to see her held accountable through this system. Okay, she deserves it. She absolutely deserves whatever the system throws at her because all of these cops have been watching what the feckless, pathetic, spineless people of their community have been doing, selling them out, sacrificing them to the mob, and they thought they'd be safe. They thought the mob would ignore them. They thought they could stand there as a part of the system, propping up injustice, and they would be safe. Nah, not anymore. You you helped prop up a bunch of arsonists burning down your community, and now you're mad that you're caught in the fire. I'm not. I can't run into a burning building that you chose to be. In. I don't like this metaphor because the people of the United States are are sucking off the teat of the Federal Reserve, bankrupting the world, and we don't deserve to die and be burning hell right, for this, it. This is no. Totally you're, you're you're punishing people for something that they're not necessarily responsible for, or we're ignorant of. The Federal Reserve has nothing to do with this. It's, the people of the United States are spearheading the global catastrophe financially. Okay, Ian, you got to get back on subject. You're talking about the Ian, people of the subject. city being responsible. Because they're not saying anything. No, because or they voted for some Kamala of the, Harris. Some of them, but not all of them. The majority of the state voted for the people who support it, the riots, it, and they stay there, but there's and a, they won't speak there's out. There's a huge number of people that didn't, and even and they don't deserve to, to are be they bailing punished. Water? Is silence are they bailing violence? water? Well, is that the, no, 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 no. Are they bailing the water? Reason, I think the are reason they they're not is because they're not organized, and if one of them sticks their head up, it is going to get they, cut they off. They won't even say the words? I don't know, man. They won't speak up to save their own lives? Then you get no sympathy from me. You have the option to simply stand up and say, hello, good journalist, Jorge. I wish the police had more support. They won't even do that. They're scared. Well, I'm sorry, man. Life is not always candy canes and rainbows. And when violent terrorists come to burn down your neighborhood, you at least have to say, please stop. At the at the bare minimum, say, officer, please help us. They won't even do that. So if you've got terrorists burning down your city and you don't have the ability to at least say help, Sorry. Yeah, but like Jorge was saying, if they get on camera and they say help, their business is going to get destroyed the next All day. All that is required for evil to succeed is that good people do nothing. Yeah, but or good people put themselves out there vulnerably. That also helps evil succeed. 
You what? think how uh, does that make because they get killed easy? People need to stand up and at least do something instead of nothing. You're, you're saying they got to organize. They might risk themselves. Well, it starts by speaking. Well, it but not not speak- not randomly and incoherently. You, who said who said anything about random and incoherent? Not like one random person to get up and be like. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna be the guy that makes a stand and gets you, my bird. If they if they formed underground like the founding okay, dude, fathers dude, did, dude, 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 you, you brought dude, up the founding dude, fathers as a metaphor. Your argument is absurd. No, they they this organized. Is, they weren't the just taxpayers like taxpayers who fund the police. The, the founding fathers didn't get up the system. and say, King George, I hereby declare you're an idiot yes, because they, they would have been executed on the spot. They, no, they had to organize underground. For, for, for maybe a certain period, but they literally had constitutional conventions in their states and sent delegates. Yeah. And they voted on these things. Right, but it was all underground. These people are paying for the police. They're paying for the government. They're paying the politicians and voting for them. And I'll tell you this, the people who voted for it, why would I argue they don't want it? If somebody was in Minneapolis and said, I want Joe Biden, whose staff members support the rights, and I want Kamala Harris, who supports the rioters, and then the rioters come to burn down their house, I can only assume they're going, yes, I voted for this. I'm happy it's happening. Why would you assume they made that mistake? I don't know what was in their, was in their mind. It's like that guy in Los Angeles when the riots were in downtown LA or whatever, and he was cheering. This is awesome. Yeah, burn it down. And then when they came within a, within a block of his house, he goes, no, stop. Don't come to my house. Do you think it's that, not, or do you think people were misled by the portrayal of what was been going, what, what has been going on for the perhaps, past year? Perhaps the media is, if they knew, you know, the full extent of, of what has been happening. Personal responsibility. You, mm-hmm. you, too many Americans for too long have been fat and lazy figuratively and literally, sitting around, not paying attention, thinking everything would be done for them. And I'll put it this way, firefighters risking their lives because the DAs won't prosecute these people. You want to get mad at cops? Okay, why should a firefighter risk his life running into literal burning buildings that are collapsing? Because when the police make arrests, the DA cuts them loose. You want to support your community? You need to speak up and do it. But if people are sitting back saying someone will do it for me, eventually your house falls down because you're not maintaining it. I cannot, you guys cannot, and the police cannot be the people who are begging, just carry your own weight, dude, for once. They won't do it. They won't. So they vote for it. And it's, I'll tell you this, ignorance is no excuse for supporting tyranny. I, I understand the media manipulates. I hate them for it. I understand that these, these, these extremists are terrorizing them and threatening them. But if you don't stand up and just at least try and no one does... This is tyranny wins. This is the, why I brought up the Federal Reserve and the U.S. people. Ignorance is no excuse for supporting tyranny. We live in the empire. So being ignorant of that is not an excuse to support that. That's correct. That's my point. You're right. But I don't want to punish and destroy everyone. Who, who's, who's, you mean you, you mean you wouldn't join Antifa is what you're saying? Well, I, I just, I, I have this stupid sympathy for those ignorant people. I don't want to see them suffer. No one does. But well, you're making the argument that you want the, the police to leave. So that, I'm sorry, Richie. What? what? What breeds that ignorance? Like, why, why aren't people Laziness. aware of that? We live in a media manipulation society yeah. with the internet. Wealth. We 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 for too long have been people in good times breeding weak individuals, weak citizens who don't care about civic duty or responsibility. Yeah. And I'm not talking about some nationalistic whatever. I'm talking about literally being like going and giving your firefighters some brownies and being like, thank you for everything you do. Or going to your cops and talking to them about issues you're concerned about, you've heard about in the media. They don't even do that. They don't even, they don't even do that. It's just media manipulation, political sectarianism, and a bunch of lazy, disinterested people who are like, I'm keeping my head down because I got it good. Okay, listen. There was a period in, in our, in our, in our country, in our nation's history, where death was like, you died. You know what I mean? Looking at these stories from back in like the old pioneer days in the Wild West, people understood risk and responsibility. 
And they had to wake up at six in the morning and farm and go to bed at 11 at night. And it was work, work, work all day, every day. Now we have all of the comforts of the first world. We have fast food, McDonald's. We get we, we, we have too much food. Americans are, are gaining weight like crazy and they're doing less work. And they're, now you have a whole section of uh, a sect of people who are leftists who think they shouldn't have to do work at all. We are just becoming as a, as a country, we, we reject responsibility for our own lives and our own selves. And we say the police will do it. And then when the police can't do it and they're overrun, well, I'm not going to speak up. Someone else have to do it. Okay. Well then listen, man, if a fire is raging towards your home and you're like, I'm not going to put out a firefight, I'll get here. Okay. Well, eventually your house burns down. That's not me saying I want your house to burn. I don't want your house to burn down. But it's also me saying I don't want my firefighters to die because you refuse to start turn your hose on. At the very least, you could have done that, right? And 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 wet your house down. Now your house is a raging five alarm fire, and the and the firefighters are the ones going to die because of you. That's why I'm saying the police need to back out before things. But before look, I'll tell you what's going to happen. The cops stick around. We get a Kim Potter situation. If the cops right off the bat said we won't stand for this. Well, then Kim Potter wouldn't have been there to create another circumstance that they use to light the country on fire. I'm not saying I know what the solution is, but I can tell you this. It's a Chinese finger trap and the cops keep pulling and you're not going to get out of it. You keep doing this. The people around you won't support you. So something needs to change and needs to change now. So people realize what's happening. Even when the cops are there, I mean, Kenosha, there were no firefighters and no cops like in a situation where they were actually needed, like a shooting or a fire. You know, we saw they were basically focused, like Jorge was saying earlier, entirely on the riots. And so like. Over the last year, if you look all at all of the criminal data across the country, I mean, that's effectively what's been happening is the police are, are paying attention to these the civil unrest and, and not paying attention to the violent crimes that actually really impact the communities. Yeah. Well, one thing, too, is that, that is interesting that I think we'll, we'll start to figure out in these couple months is how each city, major city, deals with the potential civil unrest and, and the communication they've used. I, um, in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles County Sheriff, Alex Villanueva, he came out aggressive and said, hey, we got National Guard on standby. We got all this and stuff. We are not playing around compared to last year. And according to some sources on the ground, I mean, LAPD so far, as I know this past week, has been handling the demonstrations pretty well. And I think, uh, I think Los Angeles, I mean, I don't know about every city, but I know Los Angeles has, they, they for sure are going to fix the mistakes they made last year because their, their, their county sheriff is a little bit aggressive. But, uh, I, I do definitely see what Tim is saying. They need, the, the police officers or law enforcement, they need some type of support. It needs to come from somewhere. In Portland, uh, I speak to a lot of the officers. They feel like their work is useless because they'll make the arrest, they'll do all this stuff, but then the district attorney will say, off the hook, off the hook, off the hook. And that's going to bring morale down. Um, and I think in Los Angeles, what we're seeing is we're seeing an L.A. County Sheriff say, hey, we're taking the aggressive lane. We're ready to go. We have National Guard on standby. And, and I know they, the, the DA down there, George Cascone, is not, uh, it's not a guy they like. He's super progressive. But even the L.A. County Sheriff is saying, no, I, we don't even care what the DA is doing. We're going bullhead, all, you know, all, all forces in. And um, so far, L.A. hasn't seen uh, that, that violence that we've seen in, in other cities. What's the Internet's definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome? No, it's Einstein, yeah. Was it Einstein? I think, I think it was yeah. a meme. So you got these cops in Portland who are like, I'm going to arrest this guy for breaking the law. And then they bring him to the station, and the DA goes, you're free to go. And they go, hey, I know. I'll arrest him tomorrow <laughs> for breaking the law. And the DA goes, you're free to go. The woman who who set fire, who was accused of setting fire to the police uh, union building, she was arrested last year on some serious charges, and they just cut her loose and dropped the charges. Then she comes back, not even a year later, and burns down the police union building, and then they release her without bail. At a certain point, man, I don't, I don't know what these cops think they're doing. It's like there's this meme video where a guy. What like, else can they do though? Leave, you know. Leave. Other, I mean, but leave, you got dude. bill. Well, they got bills to pay. You know, that's not realistic for somebody who. If literally, your house is burning down, will you be like, I can't leave. I'm homeless. 
I'll be homeless. I, it's, but it's like my house is burning down, but my family's going to starve if we don't stay. So you, you stay know? in a house that's literally on fire. <laughs> you're I'm still die. getting a paycheck, Look, you know, as long as you're alive, as long as it, you're breathing. What you just said is very interesting. What you've said is it's actually safer and easier for the police to be in the violent riots in a system that's broken and not working than it is to actually leave and go somewhere somewhere that would be more, more uh, because what, what 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 is a cop's future employment in this current climate right now oh, oh I mean, hey i just left the portland pd uh you want to hire me to be th- an nbc correspondent no 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 think about that <laughs> think about that that means while minneapolis burns down it is actually safer and more secure for an officer to be an ineffective and villainized individual working for the department than it is for them to move their family to any other city for any other job yeah, i put it this way right now if if a small portion of my garage caught on fire, I wouldn't expect everyone to run screaming from the building. I'd expect someone to go with a fire extinguisher and just put a little fire out. If the fire eventually engulfed half the building, then this, the safety is, okay, at this point, you stay in the building, you're probably going to die. You need to get out. Yeah. The fire right now isn't big enough to where the cops feel threatened. And I think, well, I think basically the fire here, you know, the responsibility of the fourth estate is literally to call out when there's a fire when nobody else is willing to. Like the government... You know, obviously, isn't fourth estate. You say, yeah. Well, so I mean, <laughs> you guys, I, I mean, maybe. well, I mean, basically, not, not the mainstream media. Well, I think we have the internet now, and I do think when we started out covering the riots at the beginning of the year, we were saying, pro the term protesters, um, not let, calling let, them rioters necessarily. Let and, me let me pause real quick because yeah. I'll pull this story up as a good launching point. Yeah, for yeah, yeah for sure. We got the story from Willamette Week. Marchers set fire to uh, at Apple Store and shatter windows across downtown Portland after police killing. The scale of damage tonight recalled the riots last May. Here's what I love yeah, about this article. Yeah. They say it's a riot last May, but right now they marchers. are marchers. Hmm. Yeah, the media is absolutely shielding these people. But uh, you know, you, that, you, you're that's for a sure. Point. Well, I I think I was trying to make the point kind of from the other side, which is it's it's just as bad to then come out there and and label every single person who's out there in a situation where you know police start banging up against the front line of protesters. They declare unlawful assembly. Some of those people were out there with good intentions. So if you say BLM terrorists in every single tweet, then basically you're throwing yourself into that trench, the other trench. And so you need people in the middle who are just trying their their best to look at both and say like, okay, so we use the term protester because it's like same as the Capitol, right? There were certain people there who were caught up in the madness, the Lord of the Flies effects of the chaos you start getting pepper sprayed, it's pretty hard to make logical decisions. They didn't like, so using that neutral terminology wasn't good in the short term. I was like, Jorge, you're not going to get as many retweets. But in the long term, people started to pay attention because they're like, oh, these guys are actually here and they're actually trying their best to actually just show fly on the wall what's going on. How many people are actively, have you heard actively call for the cops to resign or leave? I mean, that's a, that's a good point though. Probably only me, right? Yeah. Because my position is, I understand that everyone out there is a violent terrorist. But there are many violent terrorists. I understand a lot of people go out there and they're peaceful protesters. The problem with the leftist activists is that they they espouse a su- support for what's called diversity of tactics. Have you heard this phrase from the from from Antifa? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Diversity of tactics basically means that if you're a peaceful protester, you are supposed to defend yeah. or at the very least tolerate violent extremists who are burning yeah. things down and attacking police. Respect the diversity of tactics. It's an excuse. They have they have systems where they need bodies. You're right. They exploit that. that that's for sure. So, but but so there are regular peaceful protesters who go mm-hmm. out there knowing this and then say, "But I had good intentions, mm-hmm. even yep. though I dressed in all black to shield the extremists." Now, what they say about the police is, if if you have what, what, what do they say? If you have 1,300 good cops and 12 of them are bad, 
than, and, and, and the 1300 good cops won't call out the 12 bad cops, then you have 1312, you know, uh, bad cops. I think it's right. 1312, ACAB. And so the point mm-hmm. the left is making is the same. The cops who refuse to speak out and stop the bad cops are just as bad. So I look at that and I'm like, there's no liter- there's no legit solution between two warring ideologies convincing mm-hmm. the side is evil. But there is one simple solution. If the people of these neighborhoods won't defend the police, that means the police don't mm-hmm. have their support. And if the, the people and the other people in these communities, be it maybe a smaller percentage, are actively voting against the police. Yeah. then the police have a very simple answer. Instead of arguing about who's evil and who's not, you leave. You don't got to worry about support. You don't got to worry about the violence. And you don't got to worry about – they asked for it. They get it. And everyone, everyone's better off. So my only point is you're a commentator, right? So your call for the police to do this or that, that's legitimate. Our role here is to be on the ground and to say what we're seeing. Right. And so when you have the entire media whose responsibility is to be on the ground and say what they're seeing and they're either trying to portray this in this light or this in that light – I got my ass beat by cops in Wauwatosa with a billy club and I showed the freaking bruise on my knee and everyone's like, Oh, the bootlicker finally. It's like, no, no, no. How many times have I shown, you know, the, the, the BLM snack van getting the window smashed in DC by this white shirt cop who just decided to smash a freaking window? We're not like choosing, Oh no, the cops are good. So we're not going to post that one. It's like, right. That's, but that's the way that this should have been covered from the start. And the reason why we're right. in this situation now is because Nobody was paying attention to us because it was two different echo chambers. And after time, maybe some people are, but still, you know, it's very much two different trenches. Right. I now. should qual- I should qualify my previous statement when I said calling for police to resign. Obviously, the left is doing nothing but that. Yeah. My reasoning is very, very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're being sacrificed and disrespected, yeah. and the people in the community won't do anything to stand up for themselves. So, clarification. Yeah, understood. But yeah, so you get that's that's why I pulled up the Willamette Week thing. Marchers set fire to an Apple store. They torched that place. It was gutted. And they're not marchers. They're, you know what? I think calling the people who did that rioters is being generous. Yeah. Because their political motivations. Is he anarchist then? No, a terrorist. Uh, austere marchers. <laughs> well, um, Austere local activists. <laughs> well, uh, while me and Rich were on the ground in, in Brooklyn Center, um, I, caught, I, got, I caught a few interesting kind of moments on video where you'll find black locals from Brooklyn Center yelling at white you could call them protesters or agitators and tell them we don't want violence in our neighborhoods we don't condone this and they and them telling them hey when that that 10 p.m curfew hits we all want to go home because i think one one thing that that maybe a lot of folks don't know unless you're on the ground and i, I try to I, I try to put it out much as out there as i can is what makes this situation for brooklyn center police department um difficult to control this crowd is because right across the street you have all these apartment complexes. So you have kids in these buildings. So that's one thing that we, we try to put out there is that a lot of the, the, the black locals in Brooklyn Center literally came out and we're, we're telling the white protesters, hey, don't be burning down our city. Don't be doing this to our mm-hmm. neighborhoods. We literally have kids here. We have to be here um, till tomorrow. So I think that was an, an interesting thing that uh, I was kind of able to capture. We wanted to wanted to put it out there. What were the guys' name? They they all they're, had the best. They were uh, Minnesota Freedom Fighters. And it was pretty funny to see the Minnesota Freedom, Freedom Fighters, predominantly black, all go up to the Antifa umbrella which gang, which I re- I've been referring to as the umbrella gang because, you know, they're basically like rolling around with their umbrellas <laughs> completely in formation the whole time. They're umbrella bringing like wooden likes. barriers up to the fence and stuff. And the guys are like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like we're out here to protest. It's, it's not to like smash with police. Like we're trying to get yeah. our voice out here. What is your goal? 
you know. And, and then one thing too, Tim, is then the the white protesters, the Antifa, will then uh, basically claim that the that the black Minnesota uh, the black Minnesota freedom fighters are. Uh, uh, working with the police and they're getting paid <laughs> under the table. So it was interesting to just hear yeah. that, that go down in person. It's because you look at the data, peaceful protests work. It generates press coverage, which generates sympathy and then makes political change. It, it works. Mm-hmm. And violent riots do the opposite. Like we saw with this, the, the civics poll. After George Floyd's death, net, net support for Black Lives Matter reached like 27%. Yeah. And then after the riots, it dropped lower than it had been the year mm-hmm. before. People don't like rights. I wish people would realize that the best place to peacefully protest is on the internet, on video. In the 60s, it was you got a huge crowd so that hopefully you get some media attention. So people will come with a camera and put you on TV, on ABC News. You don't need that anymore. Now, you make a YouTube video with 70,000 views, you change 20,000 minds, and then political change happens. A good example, though, is Twitter. Activists took over Twitter and use it to ban people and destroy the careers of those they oppose. It works. Peacefully protest. I mean, I you know... Just from my outsider perspective, I mean, it, it, it could have been even more powerful, like, let's say when this George Floyd thing happened for them to say, hey, you know what? Let's get a million man march in Washington, D.C. We're going to go up and we're going to demand these yeah. bills and we're going to do it peacefully. And, you know, I think that would have been more powerful and then instead of the riots because when the riots happen and then, you know, me and Rich have been on the ground. Uh, one thing that we try to do at the Daily Caller and I think um, – you know, not much folks did is after the riots, we would at least spend a couple of days like actually talking to the business owners. And a lot of them say, hey, yeah. we supported this movement from like day one. And now we're just we just don't understand why. And you just turn off a lot of America when you go that. Pro- I mean, like I said, I, I think I from my outside of perspective, probably would have been more powerful to say, hey, let's get a million people. Let's show up in Washington, D.C. Let's march peacefully. And, and you know, let's demand a set of bills. And I think right now, too, with Black Lives Matter and for whoever you want to uh, categorize these groups is they don't have a list of demands that's like a legit like hey we're going off this because no you know when you speak to one person once person says abolish the whole system then s- some people say oh well, we want some police we want community police it's it's a mixed mixed message i, I don't believe i don't i don't believe the businesses to be honest uh, when i i you guys have been to berkeley i'd imagine right not yet <laughs> so in, nope. in you go you go to you go to oakland you go to berkeley you go to the bay area and all the businesses have these pro leftist signs mm. in their windows one of them actually said, I remember uh, it was a Burger King and it said, this is a family owned, you know, franchise. Please do not destroy our windows. See that they had to say it outright because it was a Burger King. You know, the local brewery just puts whatever leftist trash in their window, hoping that it, right. it spares them. So when you get a when you get a journalist who comes out, because I've, 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 I've talked to people on the record, off the record. I'll tell you this on the record. They're like, we're big supporters of the movement. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, we're hoping that they, they don't destroy our business. You turn the camera off and they're like, I can't stand any of this. What are they doing? I hate it. Mm-hmm. But they want to say it publicly because they're trying to beg. They're begging extremists. And I'll tell you what happens. This is the, this is the product of apathy in politics. The district attorneys who get elected are funded by leftist progressives who will not prosecute their own. So the cops arrest them and they get cut loose and then they burn, they set fire to the police union building. Then local businesses are forced to just bend the knee because they have nothing, no justice system Mm -hmm. left to defend them. At what point is it a crime for a DA to release a criminal? I don't think. I don't think it is. I mean. Like in Los Angeles right now, they just elected George Cascone and he's been one of the more progressive DAs. And like I I was saying, the LA County Sheriff and him are just butting heads on everything. I've actually spoken to a few police officers uh, and LAPD on the record and off the record who tell me like, hey, some of the people that we arrest, we charge them for rape within like a couple days out on the street and they'll like commit a murder. So... That's, it's just, um, you know, I mean, at one point too, you have to ask is like, you know, at one point, is it a crime? Because it's like, you're putting your own community in danger and the people that you say that you're protecting, which is always 
black and brown. We want to protect the black and brown communities. That's who you're actually impacting the most when you but do this. Is the black and brown communities? It's like they're the, not getting. They're not listen, get, these criminals are not getting released in Beverly Hills. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, if they get arrested in Beverly Hills, they'll get shipped somewhere else. <laughs> but you know who? You know who seems to have learned to give up because of politics? These DAs. They're like, whatever, man. Nobody mm-hmm. actually cares about their community anymore. So I'll tell them what they want to hear and then just do nothing. And then all the chaos happens. Like the cops haven't learned yet. They're like, I'm going to keep doing the same thing over and over again, even though nothing's getting resolved. But I guess, hey, when you're getting a paycheck and you got a house and you got a mortgage payment, I suppose from my perspective, you know, I said this two or three years ago, the escalation. I said, I said this, I think two years ago that we were going to see heavily racialized riots or riots for racial reasons escalate because of a lot of the critical race. And Tim, I wanted to bring this up too, because I know when we talk about this stuff, it's, you know, um, riots and all that stuff but i think one thing too we maybe need to look at as a society and i think maybe the adam toledo was a great exa- not a great example but something that maybe we could look at as america is you know what about the family structure you know i think one thing that we're not talking about is is a lot of these people who are causing the riots or out there you know um taking advantage of of any civil unrest um what kind what type of family were they raised did they have both parents at home and i think that's another discussion well, well, that america needs to start um having you know i know with adam toledo yeah, yeah, yeah but hold, hold, hold on yeah. to, to address that point you realize a lot of these black lives matter people are white progressives from middle class families or upper middle class families i think there was a, a the, but the, just because they're from upper middle class family doesn't mean their dad was in a shit bag no so, but i their, mean uh, but their dad could be a, a, a lazy middle class uh intellectual is that Absolutely. the right yeah he could be a a, a Mommy's huge Valium, Wall Street so guy effectual. could be a huge Wall Street guy who made them millions of dollars, you know, and he's rich as heck, but his daddy was never there, and he's Family so mad about it. Is a good point, but I want to make sure we're clarifying that it's not necessarily about whether you got mom or dad. It's about are your parents lazy and apathetic? You could have two parents, and they right. can just be like they won't smack you around when you're no, 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 no. I mean, like they, they they send you they send you to school, and then when you're begging for help and attention, they put you on drugs. Yeah, and then you grow up messed up because you never had any real leadership in yeah. your family. I think we're saying the same or thing. Is he a drunk? Exactly. Yeah. Which yeah. is like, I'm not, but you like smack him around. I'm like, no, no, no. I, you know, just, uh, come on. I mean, I turned come out on. just fine, right? Come on. <laughs> I, I imagine it's easy for a dad to just drink a drink a few beers at night rather than look his kid in the eyes. Unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, we I, need we need a dad who's got like you know he's doing like you know kung fu and his his five year old son's doing little kung fu next to him. Yeah. There's a video. I watched. It was amazing. It was this dude and his like nephew, I guess, and he's doing uh, like some kind of gymnastics training, and the little kid is imitating him. And then dude, who's like probably thirty and super ripped, does a backflip, and the little kid does a backflip, and the guy lands and looks at this looks at this kid. He's like, "What, dude? Kid just did a back." Because kids want to learn from you. Yeah. So maybe yeah, family structure is 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 correct. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah. I but think I, I think we need to bring that conversation up with American politics because that's, that's not talked about enough. Um, I think having the two parent system uh, in the home. I think all these things. We did need you to just say two? Par- did you assume the gender of those parents? Or? No, it's <laughs> no, sorry about that. But I, you know, I think I was like reading some. Yeah, mark that time. Like, Go okay, cancel well. Jorge when you uh, <laughs> yeah, just mark that down. But I mean, I, I think, like I said, it's, it's an interesting t- the thing to look at because I remember when I was covering the uh, you know riots in every different city, but, but specifically in Portland, I, I that's one thing that kind of caught myself is is you know when everyone's causing destruction is t- to say. You know, how many of these people who are out here um, grew up with, with just a regular family and, and, and have a sense of purpose in life? Because m- many of the people that I talk to, they almost have, like, no, no sense of purpose. And when this George Floyd thing, co- you know, popped out, they finally felt they were part of a mm-hmm. movement and they were making a change. I don't know. That's what I kind of think it's, being I think it's their dads. I think it's mostly the, the dad. 
Yeah. You know? No, I agree. So I, it's not – so a lot of people like to mention whether, you know, people have dads or don't. I don't think that's it because we, 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 we brushed on this. I think literally, yeah, if you don't have a dad, you, the studies show that there's going to be – actually, I, I'm sorry. I should clarify. Actually, the studies have been simplified to just two parents, a two-parent structure. But I think if people don't have a discipline, like a disciplinary parent, and I don't mean by like corporal punishment, I mean literally like sit down son and, you know, meditate or sit down, you know, daughter and, you know, think about what you did. And you need a, a, a leadership role and a nurturing role, in my opinion. I think there's probably a lot of these, these kids. I mean, you look at these Antifa kids. It's like they've never lift, like they've never picked up a heavy backpack in their lives. They're so scrawny and frail, but they're angry. They're really angry and purposeless. So I, I, I will say, I don't think they actually believe in anything. I really don't. No, some don't. Like I said, some the some that I talked to in Portland, they finally felt like like this was their calling. They were they were part of a movement. Like they were going to make a change. But what 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 what's what what's their supposed goal? Police brutality. Let me t- let me let me pull up this next story. We got this one from Fox News. Black Lives Matter protesters rally for a victim leave after learning he was white. The original story reported was that they left when they learned he was a carjacker. I read that and I was like, well, hold on a minute. The the Dante Wright dude. He was a, wanted for aggravated robbery. The crime committed is not the reason they're supporting or opposing the individual. So the word breaks that some dude was killed by the cops. Everybody takes a knee and they're protesting. And then someone's like, wait, wait, hold on. He was a white dude. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, ah, and they all leave. Yeah. So they, I don't think they really care about police brutality. I think they... That's a good point. Yeah. The, the issue is, is it a popular narrative? Well, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think... Basically, when you say that they don't have an ideology, their ideology is to be oppositional to that which, you know, they've been taught to think is wrong, which is like it's a very specific set of it's tribalism. Exactly. And the reason I say that, sorry to interrupt, is that if if we were going to say it's about Black Lives Matter and they don't the reason they're not concerned about the white guys because the race issue, then they wouldn't have been making fun of Asian people for years only to now change and act like they care about Asian people. There's no real ideology. It's just whatever the tribe is is focused on now and it happens to be black lives matter it's grifting season well i mean by the way like the reason why i got into media is because like during the 2003 invasion of iraq it everybody was for the war in iraq including cnn msnbc because it was politically incorrect not to be pro military which that manifested itself and you better before the war or else and so like if you look back to the news coverage of that like you would have expected those networks, you know, to be, oh, well, George Bush wants to do this and it's terrible. No, no, not at all. And th- think about the amount of human suffering that resulted from that. I mean, wh- where, where are the, who's asking the media professionals who said that we should go into Iraq? Did what they, the they get away today? with all of it. So I think mostly what you see, these people, the reason why they would say walk away from a protest when they find out the guy's white is because it's just whatever the popular media narrative is. They're getting their cues. They're being told to do. Bill Maher had this really amazing segment mm-hmm. where he almost got it. It was, it was hilarious. Where he was like, sensationalist negative news coverage about COVID is making Democrats insane. So there was a poll done. New York Times published this asking Democrats, Republicans, and, and independents the, the, the likelihood of hospitalization for COVID, what they thought it was. De- more than 50%, I think 75% of Democrats got it wrong. And Republicans got 26% of Republicans were correct. And most of them got it wrong as well, but substantially less than Democrats and then 20% of independents. And so Bill Maher's like, the media that Democrats consume is constantly negative and it's making them crazy. 
But Donald Trump is bad. Mm-hmm. That was true. That was all true. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, dude's yeah. probably lying. So here's what happens. You get people who are sitting there bored with no purpose, and the media is like, what can we say to manipulate people into giving us money and, and getting us ad clicks? Fear porn. It's that fear porn. Boom. Yep. Exactly. Extrapolate that same thing to the right. Racism. Which is like people's perception is one thing, you know, just sitting in, in their homes. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait a second. You're telling me that these aren't. It's not a party-like atmosphere, and it's a, and it's a, what? and then the thing is, what they'll do is like CNN or MSNBC is you, you'll watch the news segment and you get you get fed that fear porn, and as soon as the commercials yeah. hit, hey, here's those painkillers exactly. for your back. Here's those painkillers <laughs> yeah, for your back. Exactly. And we're, we're gonna shove exactly. all that. Dude, dude, here dude. You go. Here's the, the beer. Is is falsensia right for you? <laughs> Ask your doctor. Yeah. And Side you're effects like, you didn't even tell me what Death. the drug does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't even what? tell you what it does. You're watching. C- that's an amazing point. You're watching CNN. Yeah. You're watching Fox or whatever, and they're like. There are people's homes being burned down, children fired upon. Now, after, we'll be back after these messages. And then the drug commercial stuff. Yeah, like if you're watching Might Fox. Might as well be a cigarette commercial. Yeah, you know, you're watching, <laughs> you know you're shaking, that. like smoking. Yeah. Like, yeah, you'll be watching Fox's Sean Hannity. Then after that, it goes commercial and it'll be Larry Elder. He'll be like, hey, does your back hurt like mine? Pop these pills. Then the next commercial will be like, hey, did you take those pills? Well, you might be, you might get a compensation. <laughs> That's the point. They're both selling, they're both hawking the same products on, on each side. Yeah. And all that matters is you just, you just say to that corporate, that party line, as long or, as corporate Tim, America is down with it, you're good to go. Well, I, know, I, 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 got, I will stop, though, and I, I think Brett Baer and Tucker Carlson do a good job. I think yeah. Tucker leans Yeah, but a, what happens to those guys? What happens to Tucker Carlson? Well, I, I went on Tucker to say what I saw in Kenosha, right? Yeah. And all I said was, Rittenhouse told me this. I saw this. And then CNN says, McGinnis supported the conservative claim that Rittenhouse acted in self-defense. And I said... I emailed him, um, okay, you either, that's a misstatement. That's, that's a e- Either have me on to correct the record or prepare for court. They have me on to correct the record. And they did good journalism after that, but they, they that's how it works. They corrected it? They had me back on and they did a longer CNN segment with me. Yeah, they did. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, to their credit, but I just had to, you know, it, I wouldn't have gotten on if I hadn't have literally threatened I'm gonna, that. I'm not a big fan of Fox News as a whole. But Brett Baer does a really good job. Yep. He's, he's a great reporter. Mm-hmm. And Tucker Carlson leans into tribalism every mm-hmm. so often. But he does, I think, tend to do a pretty good job. However, I'm not a big fan of Ingram or Hannity. Uh, I like, Akil Mead is doing a new thing recently. I talked to him. I thought he does an okay job. I think regardless, it's like let those ideas be exposed to the sunlight and let them die there rather than, okay, who is it who advertised on this program? Okay, you guys all advertise. Do you support this specific statement that they said this one time? Otherwise... You're done. And that's, but, but listen, there's no free speech anymore on cable news. There's Fox News, and then there's literally every other network. Yep. And so Fox yes, has, that's in my opinion, exactly not right. great individuals, but like, I think Greg Gutfeld and the five yeah. do, do a really good job. And I, I really, I, I am a fan of Juan Williams. Or at but least on, exactly on, right. on, on Fox News, is the, the anchors could also have different ideologies. On CNN and yeah. MSNBC, exactly. hey, on, on it's like, hey guys, this is the track. You guys all run it. And I think one thing that really, Open my not not open my eyes, but I think it was a good moment for the American people to see was when Tucker Carlson he was coming to the end of his segment and it was when he was bashing Amazon and Jeff Bezos and then he's handing it off to, to Sean Hannity yeah. and you can hear and Sean Hannity obviously is hearing Tucker then he goes oh well we we support free market and capitalism and you just see Tucker do that face like yeah, yeah, yeah. and I thought Tucker. that was actually a great moment for Fox because it shows hey we can at least differ on these yeah. things be on the same network. I'll but it was by it. mistake. This is why I said I'm a fan of Juan Williams because he he like they they rag on him. Yeah, he, I think he's wrong all the time. Like I'm sitting there yeah. watching Jesse laugh at him, and I'm like Juan is wrong. Yeah. But I'm glad that he's willing to be there with them, 
taking that punishment and, and, and saying what he believes with passion. Some people think he fakes it. I'm like, no, the dude genuinely believes these. That's the point it. though, is if, if you appear on either of these two echo chambers, then you are this. So right. I was trying to tell the American public one thing, what I saw. And it was an incredible challenge for me to navigate the landscape after the shooting because I had to basically, I appeared on Fox first. Okay, you're this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's a misstatement. Here are the facts. Prepare for court or have me on. That's, Dude, I, I mean, I, I that's say, it. I say like – You got to threat. You got to threaten. I, I say a bunch of wacky stuff on this show. But will the grifters on Twitter ever take the clips of me saying tax the rich or police exactly. should, be resi- should yeah. resign? They won't do that. They'll take the clips that are like Kyle Rittenhouse acting in self-defense. And then they'll tell everyone on the left, Tim Pool is far right or whatever. And then the people who actually watch the show are like, Tim's a liberal. All right, Tim. I have to say, when you when you I'd agree, I'd like, agree. I'd say Tim's. A, I, I don't say. know when you're being sarcastic or not now. I know, I know you've been doing this. This like I don't know what, what what would you call it, but I know when you're kind of sarcastic. But then it's called gaslighting. I think, no, no, or no, no, like no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I, I have I have consistently and always said I'm in favor of a higher progressive tax tax on yeah, the wealthy. No, that is true. Always, yeah. always. And that, the reason I tweeted it is because I was like, I finally started to notice, and I never I never really cared that much, and I was like, oh, you know what's happening. These, 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 the, the manipulation machine, the media machine needs an enemy. They need to make money off this. So they, pur- they purposefully watch the show and ignore all of like the normal, like kind of liberal positions I might hold and then look for that one thing that's kind of conservative. Yeah. And then they take that and they put it on Twitter. Well, that's, I was on a, uh, reality TV show actually. Um, it was not very watched, but it was Do in tell. 2016 called them. Um, <laughs> it was called, uh, House Divided. It was on full screen media. I think they huh. scrubbed it. It's after Hillary lost, it was a big, uh, the, we don't need to go there. But uh, I, basically you sign a contract where you can basically sign everything away. Like it's like we can repurpose your content for whatever to portray you as whatever we yeah. want. So I went in there and I'm like, you know, I'm uh, across the board. You can't really put my politics in a box very easily. And so I said, you know, I'd, I'd be a libertarian who supports a lot of kind of, you know, big government efforts to even the playing field. But that doesn't fit in a box, right? So yeah. I said – Oh, they'd say, what do you think about this? Well, the conservative, conservative movement, blah, 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 blah. Oh, what are your politics? I'm, uh, like on camera in my interview, then cut to B roll and then cut to me saying conservative in a different instance. <laughs> conservative. Wait, wait, wait. They did that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of this girl? Oh, she's really, she's pretty. She's super nice. Uh, what do you think about the weather outside? It was super hot outside. Uh, oh, yeah. she's cut to B roll hot. So like, I'm telling you, like, no, seriously. And my contract, there's no recourse because the contract you sign, yeah. you sign it away. So Fake. by the way, please, everybody out there, don't go look this show up because <laughs> it's really bad. It's what was the show called again? It's called, uh, uh Schmaus Divided. <laughs> but yeah, it's, divided. it's like, it just goes to show how you can just for. take, you say enough words, you're on camera for eight hours a day. They can choose whatever they want and then use the power of editing to just. Oh yeah, portray yeah. whatever they want. I love it when there was one clip that went viral of me where there was literal jump cuts, like, in, because I was issuing caveats. I was like, "Here's what I think." Now keep in mind A, B, and C, one, two, three. But with that yes, said, exactly. so they cut out all the caveats, so it's like me going, "Like, I think that Donald yeah. Trump is the greatest <laughs> president ever." Joe Biden is the worst. <laughs> what's that? What's that app that like people were putting like famous people? They were like they'll be singing the song like it'll be a deep fake. That scared the crap out of me. Yeah. That's that's I, I think we're heading. Oh into, yeah, yeah. Take a you, picture of you and they make a dance. Yeah, that. Oh, I was like, oh, that's not whatever, crazy. man. Welcome to the that's future. Coming fast. That might even be happening right now. We don't realize it. Like if the deep state or like you know the CIA or like what else is there? Boston dynamic, these weird, like secret programs work. Cause if we, if we, we know that it's pretty advanced. If the public sees that, I can only imagine the stuff Bro. that's be worked on behind the scenes. There were pyramids, 
pyramid-shaped objects flying over U.S. naval destroyers. But I heard they couldn't find a base for these pyramids, so yes. they're actually triangles. A base? They couldn't look well, like a, a pyramid has a base to it, so that any, means it's three-dimensional, but we, I don't think they could see the right, right, dimensions, right. right? So it's just triangles, right? Because right. they have so gravitational any, warp speed. Anything that I mean, you, th- you see publicly... They got something way better. Yeah. yeah. There's no, so these we, we know confidential, con- confidentiality exists. We know top secret exists. We know there is, you know, classification. So that means when you see like, here's our latest robot. Well, there are secret things you don't know about. Wait. So which side of the culture war are the aliens on then? <laughs> Cause we just got to circle I would, back I would, here. I would, honestly, I'm on the anarchy side. That, I would, I would, uh, uh, there's, there's two schools of thought on this. Um, the, an- the aliens would be on the side of the woke. Because you look at like you've, you've seen Rick and Morty, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. When, the, when the when the Galactic Federation takes over Earth, everyone's forced to eat pills and do menial labor for the sake of just having a job. Okay. And so there's one. I shouldn't say there's two schools, but one idea is that they're on the side of the woke because they need everyone to be drone-like and ideologically homogenous. So there's a one-world system. The Galactic Federation can't work with the United States so long as there's fractured nation states, which would mm. mean the nationalists are certainly at odds with any alien in, in, you know, an endeavor to communicate with us because who would they negotiate with? Each, each different country? Get, get out of here. Could you imagine if you were like, we're going to go talk to Russia and they had 10 presidents? You'd be like, <laughs> no, nah, it's a waste of our time. Yeah. Get one president and get on with it. What if they're interdimensional However, beings, though? And well, not, so, so the other idea, but the other idea is that they're anti-woke because they're looking for, they're looking to work with those that are intellectually discerning and can understand nuance and complex thought, and there's no point in engaging with a drone-like species. That's so. what I think. I mean, I hope, hmm. I guess, a Star Trek future with of, of enlightenment values as opposed to Borg-like values. You guys ever practice Star Trek reference psychic psychic energy? Just like if we ever, I would say cosmic out there. cosmic energy, cosmic energy. Tell me, it's about a different it. thing. I mean, people pick up on vibrations. That's why yeah. I have the mustache. It's like you can pick up on, yeah. It's attached to nerves Electromagnetic vibrations. Exactly. Why do cats have whiskers? Uh-huh. They for can balance. sense energy. Exactly. For balance. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, apparently, if you cut Close cat's whiskers off, they like. Did you ever see those properly? wolves that like, they, they line up to magnetic north and they're fox, I think foxes, and then they, they hunt, but they'll like line up to magnetic north and then they'll, they'll like sense the, the rabbit and then they'll dive and catch it. In the that's, snow. No, that's interesting. Yeah, dude. I just know for humans, because uh, I read it in, in Thinking Grow Rich, and I think I've felt it a couple of times. It's, it's flow state. Yes. That's flow like a, state. That's like a normal yes. thing for humans. It's, it's, it's you know. Like when you're shredding the gnar. Yeah. Shredding yeah. the gnar. I think it's you cool your frontal <laughs> lobe. Yeah, it's, it's almost, I don't know. It's just like you're in a, an intense focus. Yeah. And I mean, I, I felt it when I was where I feel like I've, I felt it even in some of like the chaotic scenes. But yeah, you're oh, just in dude. a flow state. Things just click. It's just a, uh, just one of those. What, 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 what do we used to call it? Ego. When, when I used to cover riots, time slows down. It's the greatest yeah. thing ever. Yeah. So people describe it as time slowing down, but I think I found a better way to describe it, at least for me. It's not that time slowed down. It kind of feels that way. Like everything, like you can just see everything and you're moving really quick and you're yeah. dodging. But to me, I think the easier way to explain it is that when you're normally looking at something, you're focused on a single point and you have peripheral vision, which is kind of out of focus and you can kind of sort of understand. But for me, when I'd be in a riot and some high-intensity thing would happen, my all of my vision would become the same focus. Mm. Like peripheral vision, my whole field of vision would become crystal clear and I could see everything perfectly as if it was not peripheral. And that, I think, simulated some kind of time slowing down because your brain is processing everything really, really fast and at once. So it's like you're seeing everything and then you can make a move. It kind of feels like time slows down. That was down. probably your uh, flow state then, Tim. Right. The, the, it's like getting barrel, bro. 
It's like getting what? barreled. Barreled? It's like getting shacked in a wave, dude. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, like all the, the water but you, starts you, coming you, over you, you. You feel that like you're, 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 you're out there and then all of a sudden yeah. you see like someone raise a weapon, pull a trigger, and then all of a sudden you're just like. Well, I told the, I mean, I, when I spoke to police after the shooting, I basically all of my estimations on time were way over because I was like, oh, I think I interviewed him. Yeah, I was like. 40 minutes and uh, maybe it was an hour. It was 15 minutes, you know, yeah. but there's so wow. many things leading up when you're, yeah. So. I would think if time is a perception of motion, then um, if you're experiencing more motion, that it would seem like less time was happening. I wonder if it's actually the perception of time is based upon the amount of information you're processing. So mm. if you're experiencing something that you've experienced a million times before, your brain disregards it. And then time starts speeding up the, the older you get because your brain is ignoring making the coffee in the morning. It doesn't register anymore. When you're younger, making that coffee mm. for the first or 10th time, it's like relatively new. So when you're in a conflict zone, every, your brain is basically like, in this circumstance, we must process any and all, process any and all information that comes to us for the sake of our safety. Time feels like it's going slower because your brain is running yeah. all of these calculations mm -hmm. and not ignoring anything. So it's like, actually, I guess a better way to put it is, that's the true experience of time when all of the information yeah. is coming into your brain. And then the way we normally experience time is there's gaps because we forget things that don't matter. That's you know? why, like, when I eat a Big Mac, it seems so quick. Exactly. Because your so brain doesn't care. And then you so forgot you did it. That's why people can't remember what they had for breakfast. So good. It just yeah. happened so quick. It's gone. But the first time you eat a Big so Mac, I thought it was every bite. <laughs> takes forever. <laughs> I still remember it. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, like, yeah. you ask people what you had for breakfast yesterday, and they'll be like, what did I have for breakfast? I can't remember. Because it is irrelevant. Yeah, it's okay. It's already routine. I, I bet I could ask you about what happened in Kenosha, and you could probably give me crazy details and explain yeah. all this crazy story. You never for, never forget it. That's a, I mean, that's a very good point. It's like, um, I guess, you know, the amount of details that stick out in your mind. And that, that was the interesting part, too, after the fact, is like talking with the New York Times reporters and, and stitching together all these different streams. And he's like, hey, when you were running after Kyle, like, you stopped. Uh, like, why did you stop? There's something fell on the ground. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I stopped because my gas mask fell out of my bag because I opened my gas mask bag right before I saw Kyle to break out a white claw to defuse the situation with these guys who want to smash my head in. And so I didn't ever clip my gas mask back in because I saw Kyle running and then I just ran after him and, you know, like and that kind of that kind of stuff you don't forget. Exactly. But you forget what you had for breakfast. You know what I mean? I mean, that figuratively, like, I don't yeah. know if you remember what you had for breakfast, but people forget like the little nonsensical things that don't matter. But you're in that when you're in the fray, man, everything is. So you think that, that's well, sorry, sorry. That, that's why everyone said 2020 went. Uh, actually, no, this is weird. 20. I, I guess this is why everyone said 2020 went by so fast, because we were all sitting in our apartments doing the same thing over and over and over again. Mm. So everybody was like, wow, I can't believe how, how, how you know, how I feel like 2020 was like six, seven years. Something really? like that. Yeah. I, I see a lot of people tweeting. Like, <laughs> I was not doing I can't the same thing every day. It's already December. I can't believe it's already like whoa. Where did this Where did this year go? I guess depending on who you were, because for a lot of yeah. people, they never experienced pandemic before, so everything was new. For a lot of other people locked in their apartments, everything was redundant. Like routine. solitary confinement would yeah. seem like a million years, right? Yeah, may, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it just depends on the different on different people. Because I've heard both. I guess hmm. you lose track of time. You don't realize some people overestimate. Some people underestimate. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of agree with you, Richard. I feel like 2020 lasted longer than a year. I guess just because all the commotion that we were yeah. in. And, um, yeah, I think another interesting t thing, too, is when you're on the ground, obviously you have you know the flow state, but you start to actually pick up on a lot of tendencies. 
Um, I think they, they've, they've used the word tendencies in sports more, but you start to le- pick up tendencies on protesters, agitators, law enforcement, um, just little knickknacks that you already know kind of, you know, you can kind of predict some things before they pop up. Let's, let's, let's do this. Uh, I, I want to, I, I do want to talk about some cultural stuff in a bit, but I want to do one more because I want to, I want to ask you guys your thoughts on some, on what's, what's going to happen. But first I want to pull up this story because we only briefly mentioned it. Governor Waltz declares an emergency. He's bringing in police from Ohio and Nebraska. You mentioned that the Senate passed a $9 million emergency fund. They're bringing in all these other police. So the verdict is supposed to come soon. This, this, the state is declaring an emergency. They have the National Guard already on, on scene. We don't know what the verdict's going to be. It's possible it's going to be a hung jury because that means they can't come to a decision. That seems possible. On the merits, I've seen some legal analysts say it's not guilty across the board. However, due to the politics, some people are saying either a hung jury or guilty across the board. I've been, I've been seeing the exact same thing. When I, when I reach out to like the professional, like lawyer, I think you're, you know, like Will Chamberlain, there's, there's other great lawyers that are like, are doing great analysis of every now. They don't see any way this could be guilty. But one thing they've, some of them have mentioned and said, Hey, this thing is so politicized that the jury just might just do it anyway. Um, this, Fear. this whole thing. And then, um, Tim, did you get to see, um, the prosecution's like last sentence was like, Oh, um, you guys say that George Floyd died because his heart was too big. Uh, you know, uh, he yeah. died because Derek Chauvin's was heart was too small, which was odd for me because it's like <laughs> on, on most, on most final lines, they, they end on like a fact or something. Right. Like this, they go off that, but mm-hmm. it, it kind of, he, he more did it for like media. I don't know. That's what yep. I took it. I don't know what you guys thought. The most that. watched trial in history, I guess. Well, so, so first I'll ask you guys, I don't know if you've been following, the, I've been following the court case, but you guys have been on the ground. So I don't know if you've been following a lot of the trial stuff. But I'm curious what you guys think, based on what you've already seen, based on your experience, what's coming next, what's going to happen in Minnesota? Richie? I mean, I don't think it really matters, honestly. Like I think verdict? Th- yeah, and like we actually, when we were on the ground the last night in Brooklyn Center, it I commented to Jorge after the fact, it ended up being a completely peaceful evening. But at the beginning, like Jorge was like inquiring to me, like, yo, you want to go live, man? And I was so bugged out by all the people, all the anti-media sentiment, all the anti-corporation, just like the anger in the crowd was so palpable that Jorge's like hitting me up. And like, I, I knew that there was one of the organizers in our area and I was just like, Jorge was like, wow, Rich is kind of being a jerk. But I just like was, I was bugged out that honestly, even me acknowledging him was going to tip People, everyone was just so mad that I don't know. I think it's a powder keg that has nothing to do with the actual realities of the case or anything like that. It's just it's going to pop off no matter what happens. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like lockdowns. It's economics. It's well, politics. Everything. I just want to add a little bit real quick. I I agree with Rich because like when you talk to folks on the ground, for them it's like if they don't hear the word murder, it just like doesn't matter. And I think just I just think that no matter what happens, we're going to see an, an, an eruption. Um, I'm going more off the, the, like my, if, if it's like a prediction thing, I actually don't think the riots are going to hit the magnitude that it did last summer. I think last summer, too many factors rolled in, COVID, the unemployment. I mean, I think pe- some people were making like 600 bucks per week on unemployment. I think all that kind of factored into that. I don't know if we could reach that. Um, but I, I agree, Rich. I just think if, for me, if they don't hear the word like murder in there, it's not, it's not but, gonna but, be good. But Maxi, which Waters there's, said, there's first no murder. Well, there's second degree and third no, there's, degree. It's, yeah, he, I mean, he's on trial for murder, just not premeditated murder. Yeah. yeah. So she, she wants first degree. I think, I think it's, it's, it's a good point to say that they're going to say he was never tried for the true crime of first degree murder. And so no matter well, what Tim, happens. What, what, um, how well of a job do you think Eric Nelson did with Derek Sean? You think, you think he at least put a, put a good case in front of the jury where they, there's no I'll reasonable t- doubt? Or? I'll say this. 
from my personal opinion as someone who knows nothing, you know, knows little about the law relative to any of these lawyers, I felt like the state failed to prove its case. They couldn't convince me that, like, dude, I made several videos angry at Chauvin when, when all this went down. And I was like, this is crazy. And I was like, he shouldn't have done this. And then I watched this trial and I'm like, they did nothing to prove that Chauvin caused the death of George Floyd. They only gave me maybe it happened this way. In fact, the prosecution said at one point, maybe it was his enlarged heart, maybe well, not. But Chauvin, but, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe? But, but yeah. by the way, yeah, it has to be, it doesn't, okay, so in order to prove murder, it has to be beyond a reasonable doubt that he intended well, to on, kill him yeah. in that moment, only in that space. For, no, it, it doesn't. So I got this wrong. Uh, it's because they're doing the felony murder rule. They're okay. saying he had he had to in, uh, he had to have the intention to use force against Floyd for third for felony assault that Floyd died from. So it's this it's the it's a uh, it's the felony murder rule. So okay, it, so if it's if you're attempting or, felony assault, then they die as a result of it. Then it's felony yes. murder. Yes, and the, and for murder three, the 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 equivalent at, according to legal instructions analysis would be like murder three is if you're shooting a gun randomly into a crowd and you kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Like you're mm-hmm. doing something that can result in yeah. death, but you weren't targeting somebody. Mm-hmm. So. I gotta be honest. Or, def- e- the, or even the the, 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 the charges, Tim, we were talking about that, how like they won't even, you, you were saying that they will probably won't even get to 40 years, which is probably gonna anger, you know, yeah. this crowd. They, I, I watched the defense and I was shocked when I heard the, the prosecution's own witness admit Derek Chauvin could have used more force, even a taser if he wanted to. That was the state's witness on cross saying this. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, okay, I'm done. Now, now you mean to tell me that you're, you're, you're claiming he committed assault against George Floyd and he could have legally used more force than he did? Then how is what he did a felony assault? Mm-hmm. He used less force than he was allowed to as a cop. I'm not happy it happened, man. But, but if the cop, is, if, if your own witness is saying that, so, so I'll say this. The state did a bad job. The defense did a pretty good job. Near, near the end, the state started doing a bit of a better job hitting the points they needed to hit. And the defense slipped on their own expert witness. But ultimately, after looking at everything, it was just the state's own witnesses firing shots back at them and hurting their case. And, I, and it looks like the defense's strategy the whole time was to have a short uh, a short case so that the state went for several days. Mm-hmm. Then uh, uh, the defense was substantially less. I think they only had like two or three witnesses. Mm-hmm. But then they did like three hours of closing arguments laying out all of the cases. I got to tell you, man, the defense's closing arguments. Wow. It's I, I, I'm, for me. It's beyond a reasonable doubt. But well, let me, like, what I'm saying is, I have if it's reasonable doubt that he committed a crime is all it takes for me. I, I think they've actually proven uh, Chauvin's innocence. But is this one case, this particular example, is it just too politicized that the jury's going to say, you know what, we got to convict this guy because it's either our life or the city's or across the U.S. I don't know. This Bro, one is a is the from, city a city councilwoman voted to fire the city manager and she said it's because I was scared they would retaliate against me. So I think the jury's sitting there and they're and they're going like, I don't care about this guy. He's guilty <laughs> no matter what anyone says because I don't want to get shot. That's wh- that's where I think they're at. I mean Well I don't know. I don't know. I mean at a certain point, like you said, I mean you're that's your civic duty, right? And you're you've you've whether you like it or not, you've stepped into that role. Like Am I going to cater my what I saw in the night of Kenosha just because I feel like people want me to say one thing or another? Like, no, Dude. obviously not. And like you at a certain point, you know, if you're serving, you got to you got to determine what role you're serving in that particular situation. 
And if you're witness or you're, if you're a jury member, you have to just do your best. And then, I mean, I don't know if someone wants to, you know, if it were me on the jury and after everything I've seen, I'd be saying not guilty. Um, I could probably be convinced of maybe manslaughter. Like if we had a, if, if someone, if we, if we argued over whenever the evidence and I heard compelling case, but I'd probably still be leaning towards not guilty. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to change my views based on what Antifa, the left or the media would say of me. I tweeted that, you know, the Kyle Rittenhouse situation convinced me to finally, like was one of the things that finally convinced me I got to vote for Trump because the way the media was lying and portraying everything and demonizing this, this kid who far from perfect, but still it was, you know, self-defense. If, if the media is going to be this I have no bad, comment on that, obviously. No, but, for sure, for sure. Yeah. For, for, for me, that's, that's what it felt like. And then Trump pinned the tweet, and it became a talking point. The White House press corps was asking the, you know, uh, Kayleigh McEnany, like, Trump pinned this tweet. I'm going to say what I think, even if, if they're mm-hmm. going to smear me over it. I'm yeah. gonna, if Antifa threatens me, I'll, exactly. I'll, I'll tell you this. i got to be honest. I'm the kind of person to where if one of these Antifa guys or anybody threatens me, I double down. Yeah. I'm like, bring it. I've gotten, I mean, I've gotten, that way. I've gotten them from both sides because also I'm a victim in the criminal complaint. So like the people who support, you know, who are anti Kyle Rittenhouse have come after me because like, Oh, you know, whatever, this guy's a terrorist, blah, blah, blah. And then the other side is saying, you're a wuss, you know, you're not, a, <laughs> you're not a victim. And like, I just, I just have to say what I experienced, you know, yeah, yeah. in the moment. So like right. what, and the prosecution might take what I say and, you know, make it to suit their role in this situation. Of it's course an adversarial will. relationship. It's, it's, you know? it's, it's really fascinating watching a trial like this and you really start to understand framing, perception, perspective and it's, it's by, really, it's yeah. really, it's really, really interesting how the truth can be massaged by both sides to, to fit their needs and like how you yeah. can omit certain information to change. Especially when you're the guy stuck in, in, I remember when I woke, I'm, I didn't actually view my role like very, um, I didn't, you know, think, oh, this is really my duty to do it until the next morning I saw a Vice article just saying open fire. Um, and that terminology, like, is just, it's no concern for what happened on the ground. And it was like, right. okay, now, okay, I can't wait until the trial. I obviously have to say something before. But there's politics at play, man. I, I'd <laughs> imagine you're going to get a lot more heat from the left. I don't know. I, I've honestly gotten a lot of crap from... Um, from the right, from the, from the pro Kyle. I, I don't know. Honestly, like, I don't really, I don't think it matters, like, who right. I'm getting crap from. Exactly. Because I'm still gonna stay the same no matter what. It's pretty just simple. It's just what I saw and heard. But at the same time, it has been definitely an educational experience that maybe I can talk about after the trial. Because until then, yeah, I'm just gonna try my best. Yeah, I think there was also too on the Kyle Renhouse, there's just that story. I believe there was that man who, like, worked in the medical field and he, like, donated, like, 10 bucks yes. into Kyle Rittenhouse yeah. and like a local journalist was like yeah. we're doing an investigation we're at his front door and asking him about his donation it's like dude it's 10 bucks I mean <laughs> okay you know, you know I think I think it was despicable if if it were me though I don't know if the guy answered him or whatever if like a reporter knocked on my door first I'd be like did you see the no trespassing sign like you can go but if it was a reporter like we want to get a comment I, I, I have left to hit me up for like ridiculous stories I answer him to the best of my abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I exactly. I think a, there's I'm, a lot to be said for that instead of shutting it down. Well, you know? I, know, I see a lot of conservatives will be like, no, to a re- request for comment. I had someone hit me up from a leftist smear machine, and I wrote him a book. Like, I wrote, like, 3,000 words. Yeah. Went in depth and, like, bold things, and I'm like, yes. I got all the time today to talk about what I think. So, like, here you go, man. Have at it. 
and I, I'm very respectful and nice. I'm like, appreciate that you reached out and gave me the opportunity to say my piece and hope, uh, wish the best for you and have a good day, good sir. And then, but then when people see that from that outlet, then that basically transcends that gap that we're talking about, that schism between the two trenches. Like, what they do I think, is when you supply them with enough words, they they can selectively yeah, pull yeah. quotes because you But that's why you got to fight that battle. Like I have basically been fighting that battle to get, you know, my word out to both sides and I think actually the one piece that I'm most proud of came out on the Huffington Post. And Mary to her credit like basically wrote this entire article about uh Rosenbaum's last moments and just because of where people perceive me as coming from politically, they didn't care about my account of that, but you know, those are the same people that are supposed to be saying, you know, this guy died um, and we should remember him. And so, like, that account of his last moments, I think, is important to just bring back, bring people back to the humanity of it doesn't matter what this guy's ideology is. It doesn't matter the fact that he literally came from a mental hospital, apparently, right before he got shot. Right. And then I had people all over the place. Why did you try to save that that sexual pedo or why did you try to? It's like, dude, if somebody's dying in front of you. That's the point. It doesn't matter what their ideology is. This is, this is, this is interesting, though, because the defense in the Chauvin trial pointed out this is not about the perspective of a doctor who's watched hundreds of hours of footage for, for, for a year. It's not about the perspective of you know individuals who showed up after everything already happened and then told you their experience. It's the perspective of the officer who was there and what he felt, what mm-hmm, he perceived, and what mm-hmm, he knew. Mm-hmm. And Derek Chauvin is not a you know cardiopulmonologist who understands what a seizure is. His perspective is George Floyd kicking is a resisting arrest. Now, a doctor may watch that later and say that was a seizure, but how would a street cop know that? For you, when you see a guy shot and he's on the ground, how are you supposed to know what his history is or where he came from? All you know is there's a guy in front of me bleeding. I have no idea who the guy is. He could be a saint for all I know. He could be a, mm-hmm. a local youth pastor or yeah. he could be a, you know, a diddler. Exactly. And by I, the way, Kyle, Kyle ran back up behind me after the shooting and I screamed at him to call 911. Not even concerned with who it was or whatever. And then, you know, after the fact, realizing it's the guy who had, he had a gun right behind me. But my concern was like, for one thing, it's humanity. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't like, excuse me, what are your politics? Uh, it's it's like hindsight is 2020. It's like AOC when she lied about what happened at the Capitol. The fascinating thing about it, she, she, she told, she told that story where she like hid in her bathroom and she was like, oh no, they got in the building. That story was clearly fabricated because it included details you would only know in hindsight. At the time that AOC went to, you know, at at the time she cited was like, you know, just around 1 p.m. No one had gotten any any buildings. There was no one even trying to get any buildings. Only because a day later we saw what happened. She now says at that time Mm. I was scared they got Mm. the building because she's calling upon the the, the anger and the fear people had from the building being breached. But that morning, nobody knew that was going to happen. That's how you know she made it up. People yeah. often forget about situational context. So they look at like the Rittenhouse thing and they're like, why didn't you, why did you help that guy who's a bad person? You're like, you found that out like a month later, yeah. dude. I, I, I'm, I'm there on the ground. I don't know if this guy's going to be seizured. I don't know if he's a criminal. I just know that there's a guy in front of me who's resisting or I know there's a guy in front of me who's hurt. And it's always easy for people on the outside to say, oh, you should have done this, should have done that until they're in that moment. And I think, I, I don't know if you want to maybe add on this, Rich. I think what maybe happened to you was just fight or flight, right? I think, you know, your I mean, there's, is, yeah, there's no, there was no time yeah, to make any decisions. And like, I don't know. I and mean, for I me, look back, it's like, could I have done anything else to? Yeah. And for me, like knowing, you know, Richie personally and, and, you know, working under him, you know, to me, when I heard that, I was like, man, like it feels good to be associated with someone that is willing to do that for someone. Like yeah. I, I, it, I, I was like, 
I felt, I, you know, you feel a moment probably, like, hey, I'm glad that, like, to call him, like, my editor or whatever. Because to me, that was, like, you know, when people ask me, like, what would you do? I'm, like, I'm out. <laughs> I mean, I'm out. So I, I don't think I could have done the same thing. So I think it was it was a brave thing to do. And, uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was something that It didn't that matter at the end of the day, you know. Ultimately, like, was there anything that could have been done to save his life? Like, uh, the toothpaste can't go back into the tube. But you just think to yourself, like, why did that situation exist in the first place? And the only thing that I can do from here is to take that human experience and actually, you know, try to express to people that, you know, like it's not just a video game. And like I've seen so many times when we have these crazy situations unfolding in front of us and people are just on their phones and they're just keen on like what the next tweet is. And like at a certain point, the game becomes reality and it's like people suffer and die as a result of what we're seeing on the ground right now. And it's not just people who die there. It's people who die as a result of the narrative, you yeah. know, that it's like how many people are economically suffering because, you know, this news outlet wants to push this narrative or whatever. Remember, remember that video? I think it was from Portland where someone got hit with a rubber bullet in their leg and they had a mild bruise with some bleeding. And then they're like, we got to put on a tourniquet, man. Tourniquet medic. <laughs> and the kid, the guy who got hit in the leg is crying and he's like, I don't want to lose my leg. And it's like. They th- these kids think they're playing tiddlywinks when they're playing, you know, they're playing for keeps. They go out there and they think, like, you need a tourniquet, man. It's like, dude, his leg was fine. He's like, he was, like, bleeding a little bit. You put some gauze on it, you know, t- just put a band-aid, bandage over it. You're fine. But these people are going out there thinking that they're literally the resistance fighting a war. And they're playing a game. And then people get hurt. And then they it's, – it's, it's, it's insane to me. I guess it's people without purpose. They wish they were the, the, the you know their grandparents or great grandparents storming the beaches of Normandy, when in fact they're just a bunch of kids with umbrellas and they weigh a hundred hundred pounds soaking wet, and they think they're literally the anti-fascist coalition fighting the Nazis. Yeah, and, and I not. think I think I was on the ground, you know, I, you know, covering these events, and I think I forgot who I told it to. I'm like, you know, because you'll be somebody at, at these events, and then you know when they do the speeches part. Everyone wants to give their speech. Everyone thinks that their speech is going to make the difference. I remember turning to one of our uh, a fellow reporter. I was like, "I'm like, why does everyone think they're Malcolm X, bro? Like everyone <laughs> thinks everyone thinks that like they're they're going to have their Malcolm X moment." And I just think it's it's that it's it's nice lost folks. purpose. And I think when when people see something like this, it's it's tribal. It makes them feel like they're part of something. Maybe it feels like they're they're part of a revolution. They're going to overturn the 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 police state. But, uh, but what's the answer then? Like. If those people don't have purpose and they're out there for those reasons and they don't have anything else to turn to, then how do we fix that? And like what in our society can we like, I don't know how to fix that, obviously, but I think the root problem goes back to the family structure Mm -hmm. and the home. And I think I think as a country, we need to do that, too. I think one of the biggest mistakes that I think that we made as a country is, for example, with, with like women. We like now make it seem bad that if a, if a, if a woman wants to stay home and like nurture her kids and just be a stay at home mom and just raise like three kids for them to be good citizens, we like look down upon that because now it's like, oh, well, wow, you're staying home. You could be like out there. You could be a CEO of a company and you could be doing this. And I just think that the whole system of not having that family structure, I think is leading to a lot of these, 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 uh, these root but problems. But also like we are in a current situation where even if moms wanted to stay at home, for their kids they can't because wages have stagnated for four no, years and so that, that the point is is that in this whole situation and that's why i mentioned the fact that now that trump is gone it's a whole different ball game is because just prior to that 
during the Trump era, it was like, well, you're either, you're either for Trump or you're not. And now that he's gone, it's like, wait a second, all the underlying problems that caused people to go to the streets in the first place on both sides of the political spectrum, those all still exist. And so like, unless we address those, then this will just continue, everybody will continue to dig deeper and deeper. So like, I guess the only point is like, how do we address those underlying problems in a responsible manner in the media? Because that's why we're here, in my opinion. And I think I think you're right. I think it's a it's an economic problem. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I think on the right we just they just fail to talk about. I don't I don't know why. For instance, like when someone on the left comes out and says, "We want free college," people on the right make fun of them, like, "Oh my god, look at this guy wants free college and blah blah blah." I paid my way, but it's just like, well, if you look at college now, we have twenty two twenty two year old couples graduating. Forty thousand in debt, eighty thousand sometimes more. Never had a job in their exactly. life. Exactly. And now, now, now mm-hmm. that twenty-two year old looks at his girlfriend and says, "Hey, babe, I love you. I want to get married. I want to have kids, but we're both in debt. Let's yes, put it off exactly. till thirty. And I think yeah. that it, exactly. there's a lot of factors in this, so yeah. it's complicated. But I think that's one of the systems that we need to look at is is now younger people are graduating with debt. They're not having kids. I know we in the United States we have a birth 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 rate problem, mm-hmm. and it's not helping. That's why I, I actually I just made it made a tweet a week ago. I know I'm probably gonna get roasted a little bit for us but i said if you actually want to save the country get married and have five kids you actually are serving your country if you do that and yeah your five kids. mark that time code to cancel jorge <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. but it. i i do believe you know corporations politics politicians they all have made it harder for us to have families have kids and i think we're now seeing that destruction come out in society well, when it comes to riots and protests and all the crime that we're seeing that's why they're going into yeah. schools though they're going to schools with critical race theory to make sure that even if you have kids, they're going to they're going to indoctrinate them before before you can. Yeah, they want to keep people confused. Uh, and I, when I say they, I mean like the Federal Reserve. We got to default on that interest to the Federal Reserve and evolve our economy to a cryptocurrency. Economy. But I, I got I got to say, Ian, when you bring up the Federal Reserve, you're you're basically like imagine there's a giant mecha Godzilla and you're pointing to one of his claws on his finger, going, "That's the problem right there." That one finger, and we're like, "Bro, it's mecha Godzilla." Yeah, but if you hit it with a laser, it'll it, it's uh will accelerate the heat. And then it will send the whole thing into psychic shock. I don't. I don't think so, man. There's. There's so much. There's so it has many, it, many it, it weak is, points. Is, the finger is, is one of them. It is a good point. The Federal Reserve is a broken system that basically allows special interests to extract the value of the working class and the labor force, and then buy ridiculous things with it. We don't even know what they're doing. But the bigger problem is just before you can even get to that, you got to deal with the fact that Mega Godzilla's got a force field. The media. How do you get right. people to actually, you know, help you build the the powerful laser to take out Mechagodzilla's index finger? You know I, mean, I mean, dude, you got a pretty legit operation here. I mean, that's testament to the fact that somebody who speaks the alternative, you know, something that's beyond just like the corporate talking points, they can succeed. Rods uh, from God, trying. the riot, the riot squad. Fire at least you know I, I can I, I can give Jorge uh, like one to two sandwiches a week when he does a real good job. <laughs> Tacos, please. <laughs> who, who would you? So, in terms of like Fox News talking to you and CNN talking to you about what happened with Rittenhouse, where do you think you were you were able to like actually express the truth the best? On CNN, after I threatened to sue them. Did the CNN gave you the best opportunity? Yeah, after I threatened to sue them. <laughs> I like that. I'm serious. Like it was only, and it was uh, the same guy who did the original story, and I give him a lot of credit for coming back and doing it. But right also, on. I think you know, probably I don't do. really know what happened behind the scenes, but. Mm. Probably somebody was like, you screwed this up. You better now, not get a suit. Now throw an independent media. And out of all the different platforms that exist. So I, I think that the independent media has kind of, if you're, if you're digital media, right, then um, you're only as powerful as how many views you get. You're only as relevant as how many retweets you get. That's why Jorge, Shelby, and I, and everybody at the caller, it's like, yo, 
don't use terminology just to get likes. Don't say just exactly what your audience wants to hear. And in fact, oftentimes we're doing quite the opposite. But over time, hopefully, you know, that so I think I think uh, the challenge is, you know, I think it's hilarious. The left left is like, you know, would call me a grifter, but it's based upon their pulling bunk clips. I wish I would just you know, look. There's so many people on YouTube who just say the most outrageous shock stuff and they get the biggest views. And it ain't my channel. Certainly, there are people who criticize the titles I use. And I'm like, mm-hmm. those are my actual opinions, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not simply saying things for the sake of, you know, trying to build the biggest audience. Otherwise, I probably have a lot bigger audience. Honestly, I'd be playing Minecraft, Fortnite, or some <laughs> other modern video game, which is family friendly. Just do this. Exactly. You open a private browser and go to YouTube. And I assure you, people who are in politics, I think for the most part, aren't grifting. I mm-hmm. think they're, they believe it. They just believe wrong things. And that, could, that includes me. That includes progressives. I think for the most part, most people in politics aren't grifting, except for the corporate media that are trying to get their foot in the door. I think independent media tends to be all right. Yeah, at I least mean, in terms of corporate media, for sure, is grifting because they'll literally just get a PR statement from the Democratic Party and they'll exactly. just report it. So MSNBC, to me, they just they're just PR for the Democratic Party. So grifting season all day for them as is a CNN hotel. Jesus not would that? say, no, well, yes. but that, I mean, I think it's actually, and I, I hear you know people say this all the time, like. Oh, you know, corporate media, they want this or they want that. It's not to say that like, cause like working at NBC and MSNBC, I would say the real revealing thing was that not the fact that like everything is scripted per se, it's still live, but if you step out of line from those, you know, you're on the B, you're in the B block, right? You're this guest and your perspective is this. If you stray from that, you say something that was unpredictable to those producers, Bye bye. You'll never be on mm-hmm. MSNBC yep. ever again. Glenn and so Greenwald it's like, a, talked about yeah, that. exactly. So it's like, it's not that it's like, um, you know, you have Zucker being like, you have to say this or else. It's like really just, it's the same thing that you see with like people wanting to post like, uh, you know, a black box on their Instagram. It's like everybody else is doing it. And if I don't do it, then I'm the outcast. And so yep. it's, it's like self policing. It's not like somebody has to stand up there and man, say, do this. Where's, where's punk rock gone, man? All, all the, all, like, the, no, seriously. So that's these, the Daily Caller. It's in your these, heart. No, no, listen, listen. These punk bands are like pro-establishment. I don't know if you guys noticed the uh, the Bad Religion. Oh yeah, on that I made earlier. I I think I made a joke about it with Richo. I was like, it's funny oh, how like everyone throwback. everyone thinks they're part of the revolution. I'm like, uh-huh. Amazon is on your side. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Netflix is on. Your, everyone's like, oh, the revolution will not be televised. I'm like, Amazon gotta, and I Netflix are on your side. I gotta tell you, when when Bad Religion is on the side of Amazon, Yikes. something happens. Sounds like it'll be a quick revolution if that's the case. <laughs> Be very quick, quicker. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Please tell me Rage Against the mach- Machine is still uh-huh, hopefully. Is... Wait, not, wait, wait, wait. What? They're, they're, they're Rage on behalf of the machine. That's been the meme for a long time. Yeah. They're, rage Against the Machine Sorry. is on the side of Amazon. No, Thank you. I'm gonna what? do what you tell me. Thank you. I'm gonna do what you tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. It used to be F you. I won't do what you tell me. Now it's yes, sir. Yes. I'll do what you tell me. Or actually, it's F you. Do what they tell you. Oh, that's worse. Yeah, yep. wow. that's what it is. They're coming to your house. They're 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 coming to your business. They're burning it down. They're not saying they're going to do what they're being told. They're going to say you do what you're told, or else. Oh my god. Yeah, man. Come on, Rage. That was hilarious. That was better than that, man. We're <laughs> that, growing up that, on bulls on parade. When when all these punk bands, you know, are all of a sudden like pro machine. Yeah, that's I'm like, a, hey, there you go. The machine won, I guess. I don't know what punk is anymore. I think of it as just like counterculture. But, but not, not even not even punk too. Like hip hop and rap was super against establishment, man. Like back in the nineties, you had the NWA, F the police, and all that. And then now Dude. it's like, you know, they're on yeah, Amazon listen. and Nike, and it's like. 
What happened to hip hop? Hip hop used to be so rebellious. Corporations well, figured it out, man. You look at you look at Public Enemy and the things they were saying, and the corporations were like, how can we stop these people yelling at us? I know we'll adopt their message. It won't hurt us in the least bit, and they'll have no choice but to be like, I guess we agree. Well, with and they had these rappers tab dancing for Joe Biden. That's when exactly like, right. In the nineties, they the, were jilling your well, dad. That's the bro. point, though. That, at the time, I, and I talked to my mom about this. Shout out to mom one more time. Um, be, but seriously, though, because my parents lived through – they lived in Washington, D.C. during the counterculture movement of the late 60s and early 70s. And But at that time, were corporations like, support the anti-Vietnam War effort? <laughs> no, they were Dude. not. And so at that time, counterculture is a critique on the mainstream, right? But when the critique, when counterculture becomes the mainstream, then – There's no critique. It's just the mainstream. So we're meta now. Like every, the critique is the mainstream now. So what ground do we have to stand on collectively that we're critiquing? We're we're also watching too, Richie's. We're watching the realignment happen in real time. You know, back in the 90s or when your parents were growing up, the left was anti big business. And, you know, they're anti-corporations. Yeah, they you know, That the, was me. I was yeah, anti-Bush. Yeah, and now all of a sudden left, people are like. The left in the 70s would be mad at the wages that Amazon is paying their employees yeah. right now. They're just happy that Amazon puts a Black Lives Matter thing while they're shipping a product on, well, on Amazon to, Prime. But to be fair, the progressives don't like Amazon. It's like the, the, the ne- like that liberal, neoliberal, uninitiated, yeah. mindless Democrat voters. There it is. Yeah, because I'll tell you this. I, I that, Look, I don't care for the grifter type you know i shouldn't say i shouldn't say grifter i'm trying to be nice but there's a lot of progressives who seem to be tribalist uh, and and they will defend the neo-lib mindless democrat voters but there are some progressives pro-gun anti-establishment don't like joe biden i'm like look we agree on all that stuff so i'm not i'm not going to argue with you you know what i mean like i I don't know i mean we can argue about economics as friends and we can have a good time and then celebrate that we're all armed to the teeth and and stand in opposition to the war machine and the manipulation of massive corporations. I'm cool with the progressives on that one and the conservatives on that one. I think the libertarian – actually, I'll put it this way. There's a funny meme from Political Compass Memes. And it's the libertarian left and the libertarian right. Mm-hmm. And the libertarian left says defund the police and the libertarian right smiling. And then the next one is him, the, the libertarian left grinning and saying because they're racist and the libertarian right getting angry. Like, dude, yeah. I don't care what your reason is for it. You know what I mean? I think the libertarian right and but left are both in agreement. When, when do you think – I mean, it's very clear that the kind of populist left and the populist right have a much, you know, an anti-establishment bend to them, which is like let's let's reassess the way that, you know, we do government, et cetera. When are those two sides going to see eye to eye? Because right now what we're seeing is the left basically being held hostage by the fact that Biden, who's a centrist – was elected. Now the, everyone's the, like, the wait a second. No, you're not. It's the media. No, 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 no. The problem is high profile leftists who are pro 2A and anti establishment willing to capitulate to establishment Democrat voters because they want power. I, I'm not going to name these people, but I tell you this power story. or approval. Uh, they want power. So they don't like Donald Trump. The, the, the populist left doesn't like the idea of hard nationalist capitalism, or whatever. They want socialism. So they feel it's easier to, to topple Joe Biden than Trump. So they align themselves with neo-lib establishment Democrat types. That's why, that, that's why AOC votes for Nancy Pelosi. If mm-hmm. they were actually – like, look, look what Marjorie Taylor Greene's doing. The Republicans hate her guts. Mm-hmm. She's like going nuclear. She raised like three million bucks last yeah, year. Yeah, it was massive. And now she's trying to get Maxine Waters uh, booted. She's she's just absolutely like taking a torch to the machine. Yeah, yeah. And the Republicans hate her guts for it. Yeah, majors mm-hmm. being what AOC was supposed to be because AOC was supposed to be anti-establishment, force the vote, Medicare for all, fifteen dollars minimum wage. You ain't getting none of that. 
So this nope. is the force of vote. This is, this is the problem. I can look to some of these leftists who are pro 2A, anti-establishment. I'm like, that's a good start. And then they're like, but I will always throw my hat in with the establishment because it gets me power. I'm like, okay, now, now we got a problem. Yeah, I mean, that's a tale as old as like time right it there. Like, <laughs> it was like if you're, you're you know, because I'm always speaking to progressives, but if you're a progressive voter, you want a $15 minimum wage, universal health care, and all that stuff. You, you didn't get any of it. You didn't get it. And, and the progressives that in Washington, D.C. didn't even fight and for let's, or force the vote. Let's, let's, let's pull this into perspective. You're not even $50 minimum wage. That's crazy. The Trump voters hate the Republicans. They hate, they hate Mitch McConnell. They mm-hmm. don't like Lindsey Graham. They call, they, they call Mike Pence a traitor. Donald Trump was aggressive and stormed in and took over the Republicans. Bernie Sanders stormed in and got shoved down. And the Bernie Sanders mm-hmm. types decided to agree with the Democrats for the sake of just maintaining some kind of leverage. And the Trump supporters took over. Mm-hmm. And then the Republicans yeah. fought Trump, agreed with yeah. Russia Gate, tried to get him out, and then literally it's, did. It's interesting you say that because a lot during the 2016 election, a lot of the Daily Caller uh, subscribers, followers were all uh, Bernie supporters. Wow. But after, yeah. and it just it goes to show that Hillary Clinton was kind of ideologically representative of the centrist establishment, which is like. We'll just keep those wars going, and everything and will be fine. Had, we came, we saw he died. Ha, 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 ha. I think you also saw a generation of voters on the left and right that said, well, why would we keep voting for these people? They just shipped our jobs to China. My dad is now on opioids, and yes. we're getting a divorce, yeah. and our family's breaking yes. up. So that, that that's the thing. But for me, the reason why we're not seeing the populist left and the populist right come more together than it already is is because of media. Like I said, if you turn on Fox – and anyone yeah. on that agrees with Bernie Sanders on free education and free health care, yep. they're a Nazi and the communist. Yep. When it's like, yo, when it comes to the health care system and big education, they're going to screw you over whether you're a Republican I don't, or Democrat. I don't think Tucker mm-hmm. does that. I think Fox has... Not Tucker, but Fox I think has, the majority... I, I think it's mostly the mainstream press. Why is it that Tucker is willing to have yeah. on Antifa? Why is it that... Tucker has Jimmy Dore on. The Koch brothers, the Koch brothers and George Dorn. Soros very much have the same... You know, well, Koch brother, sorry, RIP, other Koch brother. It's establishment politics, man. It's a combo of that and I think a hormonal imbalance in, in society due to obesity. It's like the large 60 plus percent of Americans are considered obese since like the late nineties. It's like these, they, they've, people are under mind control. They've become pawns to this system and they're like going at each other. I never get more fired up and ready to rip this thing down than when I'm fasting, when I don't have enough. <laughs> When I come at this from lack, I, I get riled up. I, I get the energy. So, and that's what we're missing. That's well, where punk on, rock uh, is gone. Why, so why, why is Antifa burning the system down? They're well fed. Well, that's a tough question. There's a lot of different well, it individuals. Is, it is a whole, a lot hold of on. Re- it but is t- but it, it is. just on a real quick on a tip that, that Richie brought in the Koch brothers, if you guys remember in 2015 when people would, earn, would interview Bernie Sanders about his 2016 run, they would say, do you support open borders? Bernie Sanders would say, absolutely not. Open yeah. borders is a big establishment move yep. by the Koch brothers. That's Ethan, right. The thing is, mm-hmm. now we, he moved into a window, and I think Bernie doesn't believe it, but he just has to say it because he's on that side. Now he has to say uh, you know, I'm, I wasn't for that and blah, blah, blah. But even Bernie said in his 2015 interviews, right. if we do open borders, it hurts American wages first. Yeah. That's right. Well, how about we jump over to Super Chats and yes. see what the audience has to say. So for all of you that are listening, make sure you smash that like button. Share the podcast if you really like it. That really helps. And subscribe. And if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, leave us a good review. Give us five stars. Let's see what we got. Trip Sucks says, I have been pro, a pro graffiti writer for 15 years and I've tagged 20 countries, including Antarctica. I'd love to help decorate a portion of the skate park and give you all a demo of how it's done. What's the best method to contact? That's pretty dope. Pitches at TimCast.com. That's epic. Should now be live for anybody who has an idea. We're taking pitches on movies, uh, video games. That's a lot harder to do. 
short films, movies, documentaries, shows, and art projects. But uh, I will I will advise you, we're going to get a ton of emails. And I can only just say serious pitches only because with all due respect, I'm trying to, I, I want to be nice because I, I really do appreciate everybody who's interested. We do get a lot of people who have no relevant experience in many areas asking to do jobs that they can't do. And I mean, I, I'm trying to be, you know, again, with all due respect, I appreciate the interest in some of these jobs. But if you're someone who's like not worked in media and you want to now all of a sudden make a video, there's a lot you probably don't realize you don't know. And so it's not as easy to do. But, you know, I think we're definitely uh, um, accommodating for a lot of people. So pitches at TimCast.com. All right. Tommy Durgarian says, amazing content as always. Shout out for my company, Level Ride Concepts. Message me about member decals I can make for you at Level Ride Concepts. Cool. All right. Let's see. Alex Thomas says, are you avoiding talking about BitCloud because you have your own site you have being developed? I don't know what BitCloud is. Christian Jamagochian says, Tim, I'm seeing videos about the grind bar and compound all over YouTube. You're becoming Deerdeck 2.0, com- com- complete with your own fantasy factory in the mountains. Keep That's on sick. being awesome, y'all. Ew. A That's bunch sick. of videos are popping up about yeah, that. I see, I haven't seen it. Yeah, they're popping up. The grind my f- bar. My friends, the vlog is live. It is Cast Castle. And you can find it very easily on this YouTube channel in the community catchy. section. I linked to it. Uh, I don't think I, if the, I don't know if I said a URL or anything. I just made a YouTube channel. I was like, you know, it's actually, I think it's a really old YouTube channel. I just call it Cast Castle and then put a video on it. Because you just start somewhere. And uh, that might not be the name moving forward. Probably not. I just, I was like, we filmed a vlog. We're going to put it up. This dude grinded the grind bar. The other the other day we filmed, uh, we have a race car that was 100 miles an hour. And we literally jumped the whole garage. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> How far did it go? Dude, it went so far. I don't know, 100 feet. <laughs> it went way That's over. Far. It's a big garage. not a regular garage. It's like a big garage with a skate park in it. And it just went multiple camera angles. It's going to be fun. We're going to get that up soon. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. That was yesterday, right? Dermy Wormy says, in regards to Falcon and Winter Soldier, you need to talk to Gary from Nerdrotic. We will have a bonus segment coming up where I will get into all of that stuff because I have, I think Falcon and Winter Soldier is actually nuanced and relatively anti-woke. I do. I think the, the that Falcon is, is realizing the problems of racism from anybody. And I, I'll, I'll get into that. We'll save it for the bonus segment. All right. Let's see where we're at. Gorechild says, Tim, you should clarify. You said Maxine Waters might be caused to overturn the election at the yes. trial. Oh, is that what I did? First thing you said. Oh, really? We didn't want to, imp- oh, we didn't want to interrupt what? you. You're on, you're on one. We didn't want to interrupt you, but. Oh, it, whoops. We were making it was like, it was, you said it with so much conviction that there was no, <laughs> going, you know, I it was like. like <laughs> I wonder if YouTube's going to understand I just misspoke. Hopefully. I think I can answer your question about why these Antifa kids are rioting, even though they're not eating properly. I don't think they are hormonally balanced. Because fasting, you got to eat healthy and then stop eating for 16 hours. And these people are probably like just eating crap, maybe. or and, Chicken and then, nuggets, man. And don't have a good home life, so their, their psychology is all out of whack. Vitamin D. The home life. He knows what I'm talking about, man. Yeah, that's right. Big thing. <laughs> All right. Sonny James says, Tim, I think you're exactly right about fifth generational warfare in regards to foreign sponsored propaganda. However, I think you're totally wrong about the drone capture of Uyghur men taken to education camps. I saw men being drafted for the purpose of war. Interesting. Well, a lot of people, uh, you don't really know what, uh, what the video is. We, we, we just trust news sources. That's right? that video of like a bunch of people in blue. Yeah, with their heads shaved. <clears throat> Bradley L5000 says, Tim, Thanks for the Dogecoin tip. Made a little money. 
guest suggestion, yeah, David buddy. Park and Jack Murphy, the other Jack from Team House Podcast. There's another Jack Murphy? Oh. oh. I didn't realize there was more than one. Both on at the same time. <laughs> Tomorrow is Disclaimer. the day Definitely of the not. Doge. Jonathan Drown says, Tim, it's easy to run away when you have a million do- dollars to drop on a compound in the middle of nowhere. Ian is at right for once. I will, I will I will. just say, <laughs> nobody Facts. who buys a million dollar property actually has a million dollars. When they talk about celebrities who bought like a $5 million property, they may have put zero down, zero percent down, and they may have gotten a crappy interest rate. Everybody assumes that like, I think Donald Trump put it best when he tells that story where he like pointed to one of his kids and says, see that homeless guy, he's, he's worth more than I am because yeah. Trump's liabilities were higher than his assets. Mm-hmm. So people need to understand that. And I will also add, I moved to Los Angeles from Chicago with $200 cash and no plan. Yeah, this guy works hard. What he's trying to say is, I started from the bottom, now I'm here. That's right. That's what I'm hearing. (laughs) Tell him, Tim. You you put the grind in. You came from the gutter. You came from the trenches. Icos 8 New Jersey is definitely the gutter. I'll tell you that. Icos 8 says, take out the dumb Federal Reserve part, and you might have an interesting point, Ian. (laughs) Oh. Oh, snap. Wait, I want to think back to that. So when you were talking about... Fighting the machine or whatever. Yeah. You reference the Federal oh, Reserve oh, for no reason. Oh, defaulting on the the interest to the Federal Reserve. Yeah, Ian just came out straight swinging at the Federal Reserve. Poverty today. is yeah. a driving force of this, and I think the Federal Reserve is keeping us there with their interest rates. Interesting. With their All interest right. in general. Delamar says, yes, they are, Tim. Look what happened in Kenosha. The kid is now going through court for defending his community. Standing up gets you beaten or jailed. Two options. Let them loot. Oh, I'm not going to read that part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the options are very serious. Uh-oh, what's this? Kaiser C says, Ian, sun's getting real low, big guy. Come back to us, good sir. Another another news, Will of the People was really good. I didn't get it. Gareth Green says, Tim and Ian are at it again. Sorry, I haven't posted for months. I was spending nearly as much on Super Chats as I made per month. You both sound like collectivists, but I'm more with Tim. Death by starvation is the default for all living things. Hmm. Yo, part of me really is with you on this. Like, let them just let them suffer. I think about that a lot. Like, are humans a virus on this planet, and we just got to let it eat itself out, or should we be stand up for these ignorant fools and, right, and help them Smith. survive? Human like, beings are a disease. You know that from I am a gorilla. You know no. the Matrix. Oh, yeah. Agent oh, Smith. Yeah. Agent Smith. <laughs> no, he right? says they're a exactly. parasite. Is there something to Vice. that, or Human or do we do disease. what's do we? Do we help these, these it's fools? It's the smell. Like, what do we do? Because if we give people unlimited food, are they just going to eat themselves into into starvation? Like, are they going to just overpopulate and then wipe out the planet? Is there is is starvation and death Bro, a natural survival mechanism I for our asked, species? I asked Alex Jones. What did he say? Well, because I, I I said, look at look at the Great Reset stuff. What if it's true that we are like like yeast in, in you know just eating the sugars and farting ourselves to death? Are we destined just to reach a point where we just eventually, you know, just just fight ourselves to death? Maybe we do need some kind of reset to kind of stop humans from just eating until we we explode. Alex was like, you know, he's like, it's an important question because I think about this all the time. You know, what? Do you, how do you balance the the fact that we may be on a runaway train to destroy civilization as we know it with the, with the same fact that you can't be an authoritarian wingnut manipulating you know people and stealing their rights? It's like. It's a tough question, man. The problem is I don't trust the people who tell me the world is ending and the the oceans are rising and then they buy beachfront property. That's like the it's like oh look, man. If you really want to convince me of all these problems, like we got to stop overpopulation because global warming, then you go and buy beachfront property. Kind of think you're lying to me about this. We need and to take a private jet to Europe for a conference. I'm not saying I think climate change isn't a, a real problem. I do think humans contribute to. I just think they 
want to hold us down yeah. and exploit the that wealth was, and riches for themselves. That was one of the best series that we did ever on the Daily Caller vid squad was uh, Walls Across America. It was all these people who were criticizing the walls. We went to their houses and filmed how massive the walls were around their homes. <laughs> we should do an, an update for, for Barry O and John Kerry on their, yep. their beachfront property, the the sea level is what hey, two feet I, there. We, we definitely got to reorganize the way people live, and so we don't starve and like overpopulate. But can we do that with stupid or ignorant people lining no. the? But so why are people like you're saying stupid media, or ignorant? That's like they scapegoatism, eaten, right? The wrong foods, and now they're just like blind, you know, like zombies. Or, and the media that's intentionally like making them sheep for money to make them. But like can you cogs. blame those people? I can't blame them, but not the problem itself isn't necessarily the reason there's a problem, but you still have to eradicate the problem often. Yeah, but exactly. But the approach of eradicating the problem rather than going to the root and digging out the roots. But I think digging out the roots will kill the problem as well. So like what? Yeah. So how do we dig out the roots? My question. Yeah. I don't know. Rather than just chop it off. I don't know, man. This is, this is the same thing I go over. Like, I want to help these people because that's my empathy, but I'm also a realist. And and if people are destroying themselves in the world with them, what's the value well, of keeping them? Don't you think like that? Um, you know, the ebbs and flows of the two party system have a tendency to oscillate between like, um, you know, chaos and order. Um, you know, the creative and the authoritarian. Like so. Everybody in the 1960s was like, oh, my God, these kids are going to be the death of us. And now those kids are boomers, right? <laughs> and now those kids yeah, are freaking boomers. So right. how did the system course correct? Well, I think like um, – Responsibility kicked in. Well, it, culture came around. And politics is downstream of culture, not to use that overwrought Breitbart quote. But it kind of is. And so Reagan was elected after Clint Eastwood became the you know the cool, strong – alpha male that archetype that male archetype in the 1970s on the tail end of this so i think what donald trump did was he kind of like just hijacked the entire political system and before our culture was able to able to course correct back in that clint eastwood direction you know he basically hijacked it and now everyone's like oh my god the whole thing's burning down because it's not a natural ebb and flow all right, well, oh, no. let's Sorry, read some more yeah. Super Chats. Because of the media. The power Robert, of the media. yes, says, the world is going insane, but at least I have my Doge coin like a good doggo. Yep. Also, I love the show. Use this Super <laughs> Chat to buy the team some Doge. Yeah. I just, oh. I, full disclosure, I bought a bunch of Doge. Get you. <laughs> I got Super Chatters, take me to Vegas with some Doge. I got, yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll see the New York Times with some Doge. Yeah. I'll keep this kind of light, but um, because I don't like, I, I, I'm, I'm wary of the idea that, you know, if a lot of people watching, you mention you're buying something. I'll say this. I've actually become fairly confident in Doge. That's all I can really say. So I bought some. That, Do that, tell. That, that, no, I'm not going to elaborate any further on that. All that's right. It, that's it. Because, because I don't want to. I, 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 I want to fully disclose I bought Doge. That's what, that's what I'm trying to do. It's a cute dog. Super I think chatters. it's funny. And I think humor is confidence. Send your boy, send your boy are, Jorge to Vegas on some Doge. No comment, but I, I will definitely do something if Doge goes up. And <laughs> No, I, I'm just saying this. I think the joke is showing people have confidence. And yes. confidence. It's bringing people together. Yeah. So I, I, I like it. I bought some. All right, let's see. Joshua Sanfilippo says, Police are cool and all, but where are the local private militias and armed private citizens standing to defend life, liberty, and property? I live in Florida, and I know what I'd be doing if the riots were happening down here. What, well, weren't, weren't, weren't there people doing that in Minnesota? Yeah, I was, I was going to say, well, in the Brooklyn Center, there was people that came out and defended businesses after the first night. So right. um, those folks did come out. They might not always get the media attention that they deserve, but they did come out. 
they did uh, defend those businesses. But like That's R- factual. Rittenhouse was kind of like one of those people, right? Like yeah. a local militia, and look how he got raked. It's not really militia, you know. People coming out, I guess you could argue call it that. But it doesn't fun. have to be militia. It could even just be like even small business owners just came out and defended their own little That's business. What I yeah. call a militia. All right, this one's for you, Ian, from a fan with some criticism. Thank you. Sarkaden says, Ian, you're awesome, man. I love what you bring to the show, but I need you to work on knowing when you are derailing a conversation. I think I think oh. I do know some. Like today, I was Isn't like, I am role? derailing right now. Come with me, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, but what about graphene? Yeah. Can I make the Federal Reserve come in somewhere? I was talking about aliens at one point. That was great. <laughs> the frontal lobe flow state. I want to go deeper. Hey, this is a good, this is a good <laughs> super chat. Dr. DeLuna says, YouTube is basically the Minneapolis of the video hosting platforms. It still makes money of, off those who choose to stay. When's the move to alt tech platform scheduled? TimCast.com has been up and running for only a few months now, and we are actively working on producing new content on that platform exclusively, as well as some YouTube stuff, because we're not looking at, in my opinion, the same thing as we have a ride about to erupt in our city and it's going to burn to the ground and you need to find a new place to live. We're looking at a massive cultural shift with what YouTube does and what is important for a business. So I'll tell you this. YouTube has proven itself an unsafe place to do business, 100%. People who have dedicated their lives to following YouTube, or I'm sorry, their careers to following YouTube's rules, find themselves banned overnight for no reason without understanding why, or they get strikes and then they're accused of things. You look at, say, Steven Crowder. He's followed the rules. He's gotten into it with YouTube. YouTube's tried taking him down. But what happens when you dedicate a decade to producing content for YouTube? YouTube says, here are the rules, say, you got it. And then eventually they change the rules and arbitrarily enforce taking you down. YouTube is, a un, is an unsafe place to run a business. So... We're setting up TimCast.com, and we've repeatedly talked about creating an open source subscription service. So the issue is right now, we're trying to build something new. Ian. It's very exciting. Hit up, hit up Ian if you want to talk about this open source subscription service yeah. thing that we've been talking about. You can message me on Twitter. Um, we have an element chat room where we've been hawking ideas. Uh, we actually have a meeting set up tomorrow around 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with a bunch of developers and we're going to we're going to talk about the code that we're going to use you, to build this. You know what? You know what though? It, you mentioning that is I think it's really encouraging to see the success of uh news businesses putting things behind a paywall because we created Daily Caller Patriots only small plug right there. Um but while we were traveling around the country to cover these riots, we found that okay, Facebook comes up picks up on the fact, "Oh, these guys are in Portland. Okay, Portland riots." demonetized mm-hmm. so yep. we can't monetize it on youtube we can't monetize it on mm-hmm. facebook but what we can do is say hey patriots we're going to show you guys what's really happening on the ground if you subscribe subscribe to click and actually it's it's actually allowed us to to fund not only that content but content to show the rest of america what's going on and i so. want to just really quick add richie is uh youtube has already and this has been proven they're hitting independent uh independent news channels or just news channels that they don't like Hitting them hard with algorithms, and you literally can't be seen. I mean, literally uh, at our daily caller thing, we have over seven hundred thousand subscribers, and I mean, they're just hitting us. I mean, our videos are so hitting. People always send me messages like, "Hey, we don't see anything on a daily caller. We don't see. We, we subscribe. We have to subscribe again." So it is a thing. It's already been proven. I know it's it started with uh, Jordan Charlton at, at the Status Quo. He's actually a progressive on the left, and a lot of progressive on the left. And I'll, I'll fight for them on the free speech thing, but. A lot of news channels, independent media is getting hit uh, by the algorithm, and uh, a lot of these in, uh, progressive left-wing channels, they covered the, the, six, uh, the January 6th riots. They've sold footage to CNN and MSNBC, yet they'll get demonetized for the same footage. While I just CNN want to clarify. Um, I apologize. YouTube, I don't <laughs> avow anything that Jorge just said. 
Love you guys. And when you, you go to the Daily Callers right. videos, the hit best. the like button because yeah, then you'll be way more likely to see it. But you right. probably won't. I love you. We got Dave Weisbrick. He says, Tim, bold of you to tell city people to stand up to rioters regardless of the consequences when you ran away to the countryside due to last year's riots. I think I repeatedly told people to leave Minneapolis over and over again because I literally did. So you see, people need to understand I'm not arbitrarily being like, people need to do something. No, I literally was like, I'm not going to live in a place that can't protect me. So I left because I don't want to be supporting that. The people of Minneapolis could be doing that. They're not. They're staying there. The cops could be doing that. They're not. They're staying there. And then the system comes for them, and Kim Potter gets thrown under the bus. And I'm like, what did you think was going to happen? Running around with, with, with you know, there's all these rioters, and you think they're going – I said it over and over again. They're knocking on each door, going after people, and you're like, I'm the one house. They'll skip. And sure enough, they make it to your house. So I left. And then what happened? Like a week after we, we leave, riots erupted in Philly. Yeah, they didn't mm-hmm. cross the bridge that time. We were there. Come on, man. We Tell were him, there. Tim. Tell him, Tim. You've been here since day one from the trenches. And I'm like, shout dude, out to Eli. You, you got punched in the, the face. Nowhere, that you have to live your life. Man, y'all coming at tr- that Tim like he ain't been from the trenches. Right, That's right. Seriously. Ben Walker yeah. says meaning and purpose are a person's best defense against ideologies of any kind. Highly recommend Victor Frankl's Man's Searching for Meaning. Mm. The concept book. of an existential vacuum helps with understanding the position many of these people are in. Good super oh. chat. Good super chat. Wimplow says, remember when bad religion used to be punk? <laughs> oh, <laughs> good super Burn. chat. Yeah, I like that. Sucks so yeah. Bad religion. Did you guys notice the, 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 the shout out I did to bad religion earlier? Yes. No. You noticed? Yes. When I said maybe his dad's a lazy middle class uh, intellectual. Yes. Mom's on Valium, so ineffectual. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to do what you tell me. Thank you. I'm going <laughs> to do what you tell me. No, F you. You better do what they tell <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, that's, that's way worse. You're right. I don't know. I like the play one. Let's see. Eric Miller, if all cops are bad, then all BLM are rioters. I support neither, but if BLM, the organization, doesn't want violence, then they have the money to hire private security to control the marchers, but they don't. Did you hear the squad hired a bunch of private security? Yes. <laughs> I love it. Hey, shout out to uh, Henry Rogers. Daily Caller, he actually put out an exclusive report with like going through all the expenses of the private security. So. Oh, nice. so we got a super chat from Sword and Scale. Many of you may be familiar. Sword and Scale is a, a really popular, I think, uh, was it True Crime pod- Podcast? Yes, yes. True Crime. Oh, nice. How bad do you think it will get this week? How many cities burned? How many businesses destroyed? How many lives lost? Thank you for everything you do, Tim. Cheers. Cheers, cheers. Uh, well, quick prediction, like I, I think I mentioned already in the show, I think no matter what happens, we're going to we're gonna see some chaos erupt. I don't see it reaching the magnitude that it did, uh, but I think we're going to see some things go down this week. I don't even want to think about it. I don't know, man. I kind of think it'll be worse. I, I don't, I don't know. Think about I, that. You know. What's up? I don't even want to think yeah. about that. Word, Honestly, Richie's like, let me tune out. Yeah. Rusty Quarter says, "Hey, Tim and Ian, what are your favorite commanders for Magic the Gathering?" Urza. I'm, oh, I'm, sorry to interrupt. I'm convinced you can use someone's favorite like a political compass. For instance, everyone who chooses Kalia is <laughs> oh boy, is Hitler. Keep it up, by the way. Spicy. Oh, my favorite commander is not Urza. <laughs> I know. Urza's OP. I know. It's, I know, right, Urza. It's so dumb. It's, it's just too dumb. It's, it's too like, dumb. get it. You He's, have fifth mana it, it, on turn four. so busted. Sure. I had to take like five cards out of the deck because it was too powerful. My favorite? Tell Narset. me about it. Yeah, you know all about it. Totally. <laughs> right? Who? Narset. Narset? Of course. The, the OG Narset. OG Narset. That was the one you had when the, I met you. The, the deck I built is pure pure global chaos and control. That's really fun. 
that deck is fun to play against. The games it end up lasting off. four hours, and everyone's just confused as to what the it, rules are. Tim goes, no, he just starts <laughs> laughing, and he's like, ah, he doesn't even care if he wins. He's just like throwing chaos no, I, on I, the board. He's like, ah. I lose. I basically lose. Yeah. So I'll use cards of like grip of chaos. All targets are random. It's really funny. And so all of a sudden, everyone's plans are just thrown to the wind, and I'm sitting there laughing. And then eventually, everyone's like, we have to stop Tim. The way I just, the way I view it is kind of like. There's everyone's in quicksand trying to get to me to stop me from making the quicksand in space. So it's in like space. three dimensional. It's all around you. The Remember quicksand. what we were talking about earlier about like everybody being LARPers? Like that's what you guys are. <laughs> 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 <It's ringing> <laughs> but we don't really play all that much anymore, to be honest. We do uh, Not lately, we, we, but I would we, like to. We did recently have an idea for a board game. Maybe it exists, but the idea is that it's uh, the game would be a a a. Uh, uh, an orbital space station doing experiments with antimatter explodes or the reactor detonates creating and then freezing creating a rift where there's two dimensions like overlaid on each other and they can you can sort of see both that's fun and so the board game would actually be three dimensional with magnets where each character you know like clue there's like you know Mr. Plum or whatever mm-hmm. Professor Plum there would actually be two John Smiths two Jane Doe's but there's like universe A and universe B, and then you, certain universes have certain components. So like that was kind of a general idea we had for a board game we wanted to make. But where, they can't come into contact because they'll annihilate each other, like the yeah. antiparticles. So yeah, you like, like two two people, two two of the same characters can't be in the same place at the same time. It's just you know. But then like an electrical conduit will be shifted into universe A, and then to open a door, universe A has to hit the switch to open the door in universe B. So it would be a game where there would be like components that move around. So basically, like. What we were talking about, you guys being LARPing nerds earlier. <laughs> <laughs> definitely <laughs> LARPing LARPier, yeah. Oh, yeah, it gets crazier. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. No, Let's see. Lord of Nazgoth says, Tim, the problem in this country is folks like your buddy Ian. Ooh, those Whoa. Are yeah. They are all too happy to lose themselves in a web of moral relativism and conspiracy. Hmm. I'm not happy about it. That is but it's the philosophy is, is dangerous, dark, and must be done. Dingus Malingus says, (laughs) Tim, I live in Minneapolis. Our mayoral and city council election is coming November. Both the state AG and Hennepin County attorney elections were in 18 and up again in 22. Voters may have also thought Orange Man bad made people freak out more. You had a president who was like, the riots have to stop. And you had a president who was like, my staff, come on, man, they're donating to this. And Kamala Harris was like, (laughs) give me money to get the rioters out. And people were like, I'm going to vote for the lady who wants the rioters to be out of jail. Sorry, man. I don't want to tell you. But I hear you on the, the mayoral stuff, yeah, for sure. We'll see. We'll, you know. Dude, and in Minneapolis, AG, Keith Ellison's very left Gosh, wing. He's like no. an Antifa Oh, Keith Ellison? No. Yeah. So, so, so hey, no. if you voted Keith Ellison in, you got to deal with that because he's an Antifa sympathizer. So. All right. Joe Sullivan says, Floyd case is a reasonable doubt versus doubt issue. Just because there is doubt doesn't necessarily mean it's reasonable. Let's face the truth. They will Ooh. come for Chauvin in the jails or the street. Verdict is irrelevant for him, just like Floyd. You ain't wrong, brother. I don't think anyone's, yeah, arguing with that. I don't think you're wrong, brother. Yeah, man. These super chats is really fire tonight. Yeah. Yep. Guys, it's on point. Yeah. Yeah. Dan S. Not asking for myself, but at some point, would you consider internships? You want people who already know how to do stuff, but they have to learn somewhere. Also, I'd rather future journalists learn from you than from the current college system. We are already considering internships. The issue is. That's great. That's dope. Yeah, but I I won't take interns that actually do core functions. I'm not I'm not about that. I think anybody who's going to be doing kind of like a menial task is going to be getting paid. Right. You know. All right. Why? Well, if you're an intern and you don't want to do a menial task and not get paid for it, Richie at DailyCaller.com. <laughs> Email me. So I will give you. You'll learn everything, but you will not. You'll get a sandwich a week. 
So I'm thinking and school credit. We might have a couple interns whose job is to literally just hang out and like a literal internship, like actually hang out, learn, see how the business operates. Internships are typically like minimum wage jobs where they just don't pay you. They're like, we want yeah. you to do stuff and we're not going to pay you. I, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Now we can have some interns. You got to skate. You got to play music. You got to. Yeah, my out. internship was a little bit different. They just my internship is way worse. Yeah, yeah that's, just that's correct about what the internship I entails. Need my socks cleaned. <laughs> but I will say this though: for those who are looking for internships, where they might be in high school or college and are looking into journal- journalism, actually watch Tim Pool. Uh, back in Vice. That's actually when I was in high school. I watched Tim Pool back in Vice. So yeah. I actually wouldn't even be on the front lines. And then you DM me, and I gave you a job for one sandwich a week. You just have to get tear gas every week. No, no, no. I need I need two tacos, kind of Santa, per week. Two tacos. I don't know if you're allowed to do that, but I guess you are because you're you're Mexican. If I feel no right, I don't get paid. Are we allowed to laugh at that? Yes, we are. No, we we have to be stone faced, and only you can laugh. He only only Jorge can laugh at it. <clears throat> no comment. Never. Yeah, yeah, never. Like, no never, comment. N- never a summer. One sixty said, "Here's five dollars. Get Ian a Snickers." <laughs> Matt Volker says, "That's, be- that, that's so called hungry. being hangry, Ian. Somebody get this man a Snickers." <laughs> I never get more mad than when I'm snickers with five yeah. bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Ian, you were lit tonight, Dude, bro. When, yeah. I'm serious. When, when I go you fasting, I'm just talking about punk. We need to bring punk rock to the main. We need to confront. Ian just had a reserve on his mind and was like, I'm going to use it. Guys, guys, I got to read this. Okay. (laughs) Jay Mill says, the guest with the point break shirt on looks like an attempt to create an intelligent version of Matthew McConaughey's character from Dazed and Confused. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Yes. That was Richie. These super chats are fucking You great. got a joint? Be a lot cooler if you we're did. Just, we're we're what have you done? Go. You were right. All right. Justin says, Tim and Ian, any interest in a maker community as part of TimCast? Allow makers to collab on projects with like-minded people. Oh, no echo chamber. I do woodworking, coding, and I'm a cloud engineer. I want community to make things with y'all. Uh, should we build a building for a hackerspace? Yeah, we do need a building off, off site. That's what we would need. And then we you, could, could, you have we, to be part of the vlog. We could expand the, uh, the venue, the grind bar. I want another property. Just grind like all a giant way to maker building. space that people can commute to and from. Yeah, maybe we get a commercial building for. Or build R&D. something. <laughs> we need a piece of property. You're going to be like uh, Tony Stark. <laughs> you just start making. Maybe. You can I go mean, underground. Kind of like in a garage. I, I, there's a lot more people of a lot more money who are doing fun stuff like jetpacks. So you could be like the Tony Stark of it's, Airsoft. It's really about no, funding. That, that was all Luke's thing. <laughs> I think Luke was the one who wanted gotcha. to play Airsoft. We have gotcha. a lot of people that want to come and a lot of potential space to get, but we need the funding. I mean, so no. we don't – I mean, we it would That's help. the issue. So sign up at TimCast.com. You know and yes, yeah. but the, the, graphine, I, graphine. I say, I say funding isn't the issue because is I'm not going to let investors come in and, and derail okay. anything. No, direct funding to TimCast.com is the best thing you can do oh, is, right, right, is right, help right. fund the organization yeah. grassroots. And no, yeah, we should, <laughs> so we should do buy a maker four, space. Four million dollar homes. Like we can build graphene. Yeah. Bro, we got, a, we got a production facility. We're going to be hiring news editors and writers. I, I've been saying over and over again, I'm not going to be buying infinity pools or doing dumb things like, we're going to be making content, building culture, and funding TV shows and movies and trying to – like you look at this like woke movie system and comics and yeah. games. Like, no, nah, we're just going to fund things we like. Here's what I say. You want to make a woke movie? By all means. I got no beef. You make a product. You do your thing. I don't like it. I'm not going to buy it. Hey, I know. I'll make my own movie that I do like. And then mm-hmm. if people like that, they can buy it. So I'll tell you this. If I had a choice, like people sign up for TimCast.com and money comes in, if I had a choice between buying an infinity pool or – buying the labor that creates awesome mm-hmm. articles 
I would rather give someone a job. And, and by the way, that the cost for that labor in order to produce that video or that article is cheaper now than it ever has been previously in human history. I mean, this is like the printing press 2.0. Like people don't realize, oh, our speech is getting censored, all this stuff. It's still the internet. Right. You can still create your own platform. Like I would, I would rather hire someone to go report on the ground like you guys do than own an infinity pool or something like that. Hell yeah. Because, because I'll tell you this. You're 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 at you're at a party. You know everyone's drinking. Everyone's bragging. What's what's better? Look at my pool, or look at this award-winning journalism that's changing the world. I, I gotta please you no, guys. We don't get no awards. Let me tell you about that. You know what I mean. You know, we ain't please, get no awards. Please convince, tell us something you believe. Convince in. him yeah. to get the pool, please, you guys. <laughs> Start super chatting him. Tell I him Ian, to get a pool. Ian's been saying we need a hot tub. I think if we can soak in the water, it will make us more creative <laughs> and it will give us exercise. <laughs> I like you. Healthy brain. Yeah, I like and I want to point out, Richie brought up graphene. <laughs> I did, and he's right about that. Yeah. yeah. I like the way Ian thinks. Man. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right, let's I see. I want you. to go swimming <clears throat> in the pool in the infinity pool. Yes. I want to <laughs> go swimming. I want to go swimming in Tim Pool's infinity pool. Tim's pool. But I have to clean it first. Oh. All right, well, I, I want to participate, but I don't want to get canceled. Just, canceled. just a canceled. just a couple more super chats. <laughs> Kathy Max says, "How are we to survive as a country with no family values, sense of community, or a higher power like oh. after death? We are now a country that only values and encourages self-interest." We may be doomed by this path. I this, agree. This is what I'm trying to talk about. It's, it's, no, that's true. Kathy, it's, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm it's trying. not even about necessarily, in my opinion, a belief in a higher power. It's a belief in each other. Do we care about our community mm. to where when we hear that China is attacking us, we need to defend ourselves? No. The people in this country are, are split into politi- political part, sectarianism. Part of what bothered me about Trump, and I don't hate him, but is that he always – he tend to talk about being the best – and being the one, like, I'm the best, I'm the best. And I find that a team and supporting your friends is, like, so key. If you can be part of a community where you, the people around you become better and stronger. I don't think that's the be, problem, the though. Best. I feel like Trump was actually more like, we are the best. Like, this country is the best. We're the alphas. I don't know. I think the problem is it's, like, digital versus reality, which is, like, the you know, the younger you are right now, the more important your digital identity is, right? Like, as compared to your actual identity. So whether or not you're a team player, or you're me, or you're awesome here, it's it's a matter of whether or not you're awesome. Like, are you awesome in real life, IRL, or are you awesome on the internet? And like, what matters more now is that you're awesome on the internet. So it's like I don't know. Yeah. I coach these kids, and they're all they they're all trying to like stay on their phones and like maintain all these di- digital relationships. And we're sitting at the table. I'm like, dude, you're with all the hockey boys. Like, why aren't we chilling right now? Why is everybody Snapchatting a corner of one of their eyes to? Six different yeah. curls. You coach hockey? Fun. <laughs> you coach uh, hockey? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, the hockey boys. Yeah, so stuff like Shout that. Shout out to the hockey boys. G Town Puck. All, all right, let's up. see. That's awesome. Mac Mojo. Mac is Mojo. Mac is Mojo. Tim, you need to buy an infinity pool hot tub for the chickens. Um, maybe we wrong. do build yes. a, I think, oh, a mini, a little think, tiny. Tim, they would I, love that. Tim, I think he means chickens, but for a cold word for something else, but oh, no, for, no, I don't for us. I don't think, <laughs> that's what he meant. I, I don't think the chickens would like the hot dog. They, 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 yeah, no. so they're babies and they're learning how to do dirt baths and it's the funniest thing ever because they don't know what they're doing and they're trying, you know, you, you know what dirt bath is? The chickens dig little dirt holes and then they start throwing dirt over themselves and, you know, wiggle around. But they're like they're they're still really young, so they're doing it wrong, and they're just like laying and like flopping around. Like I thought, a dirt bath is like when Sal, you know, puts a puts a dirt (laughs) in the back of a dirt dirt bath. I used to think the infinity pool was a pool with a waterfall that constantly went for infinity that never stopped. 
But then I looked it up and I saw it was when it, it goes off to the horizon and it, you can't tell where it ends. Can we yeah. get Ian an infinity dirt bath instead of it? Yeah. I will. It's just a will infinity a dirt bath for food. bin full of dirt. There you go, you communist. <laughs> you get a dirt bath. All right. Well, last one, last one. We got Sword and Scale. He says, be careful, Tim. We all know what happened to every headquarters Tony Stark ever made. Investing in America right now is dangerous. Maybe just buy more Doge. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm investing in um, fun stuff that's inspirational. I want people to, you know, feel like they can accomplish things and judge people on the content of their character, the color of their skin. You know what I mean? What happened to Tony Stark's headquarters? They all blow up. They all blow up. Like supervillains? Well, like they blow up. Yeah, bad guys blow them up. Mm. No, but that's important. Like what you're building is actually it's completely different from like any other kind of commodity that you're providing, which is like it's the proof is only in the pudding of like what you put out on the Internet in video, you know, it's, or it's, on in print. It's not like quantifiable. Like you know, I built this building. You know, it's weird. But it's to me? important. You know, it's weird to me is there's so many people who are very rich off of doing commentary and they they just like their accomplishment is the fact that they're rich. Yeah. They just have their show. And I'm like, why don't you guys, your millionaires, you know, like hire a bunch of people to make yeah. more of this? They don't. Plus, do it's it. so the dollar per minute of video now is so cheap that the network that you can build with just a little something that even a semblance of an attempt to be independent yeah. now sets you aside from the rest. I of think them. the the reason they don't is because it's challenging to build a team. It come you really yeah quality control and personalities and, and yeah. managing personalities. That's for damn sure. It requires a lot of listening. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, that being said, a lot of listening is required over at TimCast.com because an exclusive segment is coming up for our members anyway. only in just a little bit. So make sure you go to TimCast.com, become a member, smash the like button on this video, subscribe. Thank you all so much for helping us break a million this past week. It's been fantastic. This show is live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. So we're, of course, going to be back tomorrow. You can follow me on all social media platforms at TimCast. And uh, yeah, just uh, seriously, thank you guys. It's, 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 been, it's been an amazing ride. My other YouTube channels are youtube.com slash timcast and youtube.com slash timcast news. And the vlog is up. I, I got to make the channel, I guess. But there's a video and you can see what the house looks like. We kind of give a tour of everything. And that is in the community tab of this. There's a link to it. It's called Cast Castle. We may, ch we may change the name. I don't know. But uh, you guys, uh, Riot Squad, you want to shout anything out? Richie? I just want to give a shout out to the Daily Caller Vid Squad, who everybody's working hard. And... Uh, my social at Richie McGinnis. Two eyes, two ends, and two S's on McGinnis. That's how the Irish spell it when they're good and drunk off whiskey. <laughs> My Instagram. Oh, just <laughs> <laughs> no, um, in Instagram is uh, Jorge Ventura TV. We have all, you know, updates, long form content for live updates on like on the ground, real time, Ventura report. Um, you know, just want to shout out all the hardworking journalists out there covering the civil unrest, the Daily Caller Vid Squad, but also. A big shout out to Tim Pool because it's it's a big thing when journalists like us who are on the ground who are working hard to get this info out. It's great when Tim uses his platform to to give Agreed. us a platform to get this information out to more people. I think that doesn't happen enough in journalism. So shout out to Mr. Tim Pool. Hundred percent. New media, baby. Yeah. To the moon. Yeah. Bojan, new media to the moon. Coming. <laughs> Yo, you can follow me at Ian Crossland. I am Ian Crossland at iancrossland.net, and I love you guys, Tim. Richie Jorge, Lydia, you guys so rock. And you chilling right there, listening right now. Thank you. I love it. I love the criticism and everything involved. It's, it's hot. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Me love. All right. Don't eat duck. Okay. All right, Thank Jorge. You. Enough accents. I was just going to say I really appreciate what we're doing here. I'm so excited that we broke a million. That was something that I wanted for Christmas. We were a little bit late. I'm very – no, I'm just kidding. I'm very, very happy that we reached the point 
um, that we have a million subscribers. And I'm stoked for what we're doing here. And I am Sour Patch Lids on Twitter. Please join me in my quest to have more followers than Sour Patch Kids on Twitter. <laughs> we will see all of you over at TimCast.com in about 45 minutes or so. Thanks for hanging out, and we will see you all there. Bye, guys. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.